Well, yeah, we'll call it in. Um, Cheryl, can you, can you, can you call Cheryl. that place that... Uh, yeah. uh, three Baja Blast. <laughs> That's it. That's our lunch is three Baja Blast. I'm trying to watch my Yeah, weight, I'm on so. keto. Right? Yeah. I'm I, I don't know if you know this, but I'm actually on a treadmill right now. <laughs> We're, yeah, we have, we have one of those like walking treadmills. Yeah. I have a standing desk with yeah, a treadmill. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But I'm focused on a water weight only diet, which is why mm-hmm. the Baja Blast is like really important for that. Absolutely. I remember, are we, are we chit-chatting right now, recording? Um, yeah. We're, we, okay, you, sort of broke, you sort of broke the illusion, but we are chit-chatting. Oh, yeah. sorry. I was going to I just wanted to check because I was going to tell a story, but I didn't want to tell it on mic. So. Oh, well, not yet. No, no, you have to, and I'll, I'll, no, I promise I'll edit it out. <laughs> you trust Rob. Okay, I'll just say this. I'll just say I was gonna say um, at one point in my career, I was um, wondering if I could get a standing desk for myself, mm-hmm. and someone who I was working with um, told me that you can if you have a disability, and I was like, oh, well, I don't have a disability, and they told me that I should lie. Oh my gosh! And I literally remember looking at them and being like. Hmm. Okay, well, my opinion just changed of you, <laughs> but I guess we have to just go back to working. Yeah. Right. That, again, maybe not the perfect example, but it, I'm reminded of like that happens and you get a little butterfly in the corner of your, your screen. Yeah. You know, like a, like from, oh, uh, from uh, Until Dawn. Until Dawn. Oh like yeah, the, butterfly. Something, something changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. it, it was, it's very um, action RPG, like Jack will remember that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Jack didn't like that. It's, yeah, it's the uh, everyone disliked that. Yeah. From, I think it's from Fallout, right? That, yes. That, yeah, everyone yeah, disliked yeah, exactly. that. Yeah, it's so funny. Man, Fallout, what a game. Do you want to just talk about Fallout instead? I, I Yeah, I could, sure. I could, I could talk about Fallout. <laughs> I actually That's haven't fine. played Fallout. Uh, it's oh, so any, any good. Fallout? Mm-hmm. Oh, there's some good ones. Well, okay, so it's kind of the same. I mean, I think I would probably enjoy Fallout more potentially, but I'm worried about it because it is so the DNA is so similar to Skyrim. It's Skyrim with guns and aliens. Yeah. And yeah. So, sure. I, you know, I mean, it'd be I feel like you'd like Skyrim more actually like now if you try it again. Yeah. I mean, I just really, I, I only, you know, it's probably worth one more try. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. I would rather jump in. I mean, I, I probably won't get to, but I would rather jump in with something like Starfield, like their new one that they're doing, yeah. but I don't know if we'll ever get to play that unless I know. I'm uh, willing to buy an Xbox. Also, um, the or PC. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm extremely excited about Starfield and yeah. now being able and you to could play, play it. it. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's yeah. the thing is I think we talked about this before, but I would I would definitely sooner buy a gaming PC than an Xbox at this point because that totally. would be like yeah. Well, Although the you the Series S is like pretty cheap too, and they're making this. Yeah, just if I was gonna get one more gaming system, I right. would rather get something that can catch everything, yeah, you know, sure. than get another thing that feels like there's like limited exclusives and totally. everything. That makes sense. I, I have a really nice setup right now where I have. The, I have a bunch of like toggles under my desk because I have my laptop. Mm-hmm. The Mac, my laptop is a Mac, and I just like press two buttons, and I got my lap, my Mac on my uh, my monitor too. So oh, I still nice. have that like feeling. Yeah. If I that's really if cool. I want to do that, it's pretty cool. I have a um, uh, I have this recommendation of a game that I think is available on PC that I can't play on PlayStation, but I'm curious about it. It's called Her Story. I like kind of want one mm-hmm. of you guys to play it. Um, it's like a murder mystery game where you watch um like video clips of a woman's like police interview and oh, you have to like piece together. I've heard of it. Yeah. The murder. Yeah. They, and all you're doing is just watching these clips Whoa. and um, someone, yeah. That's really like, cool. um, like true detective. But yeah, like really not like um, LA noir. You know? Yeah. Oh man. That's like, it's like kind of creepy uncount. 
Uncanny Valley. Well, I, th- I think it's just a real actress. Oh, it's a. Re- I don't think it's like oh. a. I don't think it's a graphic. I think it. It's Uncanny Valley oh by virtue of being real. <laughs> Literally, there is a True Detective uh, picture oh. that someone made. That's yeah. Before. I I think something I've been noticing. Uh, oh. Uh, this oh, episode, yeah, cat of the day, cat, cat of the day is Twyla. Hi Twyla. Hi Twee. Hi Twyla. What do you have to say about this? Oh, now you're shy. Unbelievable. Wow. Um, so, some of the <laughs> that would have been so cool if it worked. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just add something in a lot. <laughs> like a really like obviously not Twyla. She's only out, capable yeah. of interrupting. She can't if she you know she won't yeah. if you platform her. Yeah. She won't. She's thinking right now about pulling the plant off the. Oh my Bookshelf. god, That's Chitara her goal. is going after Arpathos oh, really I, hard, and I'm really nervous about it. Oh man, I've been wondering, every time I go over, I see it hanging in all of its glory. I know. I'm always I think, envious that we I can't do we that. I think we gotta try to put it over the fireplace mantle, you know, try to like stream it on the side, yeah. so that it, because it's, I mean, also, I've been wanting to pr- turn the fireplace on. Yeah. Because it's been cold enough, but yeah. I'm, I'm like, I have to move this plant <laughs> out of the way of yeah. this fire. <laughs> Um, Thankfully, Pepper does not go for plants. Yeah. Instead, she will destroy our couch. Yeah, uh, Twilight um, is both. That's the, we that's we the figured beauty. out with the exact same things. That that little like corner piece. Pepper has exposed the wood frame. <laughs> yeah. of the couch. Yep. I'm I, like I saw like a wood chart. It's like who like who was working with lumber in this <laughs> yeah. home? And it was it was a Pepper. It wasn't Pepper, you. Yeah. You weren't doing any woodworking? <laughs> no, not not recently. Although for well. I was gonna say for Christmas that you oh, may be yeah. yeah. We're gonna get. Uh, Are you gonna tell us what our Christmas presents are? Uh, no, 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 getting hardwood tables? No, no, no. I, I do, I do. Um, and for those for those listening, perhaps this episode was recorded uh, prior to Christmas being <laughs> <laughs> hopefully <laughs> entirely completed. Uh, but um, the uh, the village that I set up, I put, oh, yeah. I put like a wood board down on my table and. Sometimes I have to like mess around with it just yeah. to make it fit everything. My so. parents have one of those too, and they they have like an expansion because <laughs> yeah. it's gotten so extensive. Nice. Man, Christmas villages are the best part of the holiday season. Yeah. What is so captive? It's like what is it about? It's like human war nature? gaming, but without war. But like, yeah. Well, it's the same thing. It's like you know, like um, Legoland has mini. Mm-hmm. You know, those yeah. miniatures. Like, what's so captivating about that? Is it just it's like just, the, it's real but tiny? Well, I think I was looking for a deeper answer. Like the like at Disneyland, the like storybook village. Yeah, too, same thing. God, just, I, it's tiny. It's I nice. love that ride so much. I feel like the last couple times I've gone to that park, it's been like made a point to be like, we're gonna end the day by going on that ride at night. Doing yeah. it at night, and, and it's really just like the most perfect cap. It is the, the day. The TikTok sound of like I want to be there. <laughs> yeah, I know. Exactly oh my god, did I tell you the story about? There's someone I um, follow um, who is like a TV person, like wants to be a TV writer, and didn't know that that sound came from Thirty Rock. Oh, and I was I like, you did that, I tell you yeah. about this? I was like, what the hell? Like, how do you not know this? Like, is Thirty Rock ain't, is Thirty Rock old culture? Like, is that, <laughs> Thirty Rock is totally old culture. Thirty Rock's well, out of vogue. Okay, like, I'm not saying it doesn't hold up. It's like it's it's not. I mean, I'm not trying to argue that 30 Rock is like hot button topics. I just mean like, is 30 Rock like a, a forgotten gem already? Like, it, that feels crazy. It could be. I definitely. If we're still talking about The Office all these years later, like 30 Rock should be up there too. I think that The Office has cemented itself with more of a cult status than 30 Rock. It sure form. has. Yeah. The, the Office is much more like accessible I think, yeah. to people. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I am not... Dis- disappointing. Like not... kids still watch The Office all the time. 
Like it's still popular. I, know, I uh, wish when people bullied people that made fun of the office. I miss that culture. <laughs> yeah, we, we, I, pa- we passed by that too quick. I think we're <laughs> we're back into the it's cool again. What is surprising talking to people who claim to want to work in like the entertainment industry, and when you ask them like what shows are you watching, they're like The Office, Friends, <laughs> and I'm like, hmm. Like, you know, they have new shows. You know? It's just like, listen, I'm a big rewatcher. Like, I watch The Simpsons most nights before I go to bed, or like, you know, I've been watching, rewatching Bob's Burgers a lot. Yeah, and like, yeah. perfect, like, rest my head, you know, like, just let's start to go to bed. I, oh, sorry. Oh, just I was gonna say, you have to also supplement that with new some television. new stuff. Yeah. Well, I, I was talking just yesterday with my classes about rewatching shows and mm. movies and stuff, and basically, Everyone was for all of the Gen Zers that I talked to were firm in their belief that they watch something once and then are done. Oh, see, I never come back. Which I I really disagree with. I couldn't. I couldn't imagine. I was like, you don't have. And and I even said too, like even like holiday shows or Mm -hmm. something like like a tradition. They were very much like, why would I watch it again? They're, They're like the only reason I would watch it again is if I was watching with someone for the first time. Man, I that I really disagree with. I think that it's like such a bad consumption of art yeah Yeah. like all art i mean i mean you know maybe you don't have it in you to watch like something like the office or the simpsons twice through all the way just because it's like a trillion episodes or whatever Mm -hmm. uh i I totally understand in like a timing perspective like you may want to do it but i truly believe that like in order to like fully understand any piece of art and i'm using art very loosely in the way that i do believe it obviously applies to like everything you you have to watch it a second time. Yeah. Well, there's things that really um, benefit from a second watch. I uh, like a year and a half ago, I rewatched all of BoJack Horseman, mm-hmm. and I found it really enlightening because I liked that show the first time I watched it, but the second time I was like, "Wait a minute, something this is like even better than I anticipated it be." And it's mm-hmm. like there's things that really you can glean a lot of insight. Upon a set, because it's that thing about when you're watching the first time, you're watching for the plot. You know, you're watching just to keep up with what's happening, you know. Mm -hmm. But the second time, once you know the plot, or at least know it semi well, you can just be reading for theme and Mm -hmm. subtlety, you know. I mean, uh, I really, really want to rewatch Tar. I know we talked about it earlier, like, that's a movie that isn't like the first time you're just trying to like catch up with everything, but the second time it's like, okay, now I can really be like deep diving and like combing through this. Do you think that like, it's fair to say that if you can't rewatch something or you don't have a desire to rewatch something, then it wasn't that good. Most of the time, I would say yes. Like as a yeah. general rule, I think there's certain instances. Like there's definitely been movies I've watched that I've come away thinking like, "Wow, that's too sad or depressing that yeah. I don't really want to subject myself to mm-hmm. it again." But I think as a rule of thumb, like if you watch something and you're like, "I never need to see it again," I don't think it was that good. Then I think it was at best well, superficially entertaining. Well, yeah, th- that's what it is. Or at the very least, like just a little more surface level, which I think mm-hmm. there should fully be space for those, mm-hmm. and and not that it's like less of art, but they're just like not as like, like weighty. And I and I don't yeah. even mean like like dark or funny. Like there's some funny stuff that I feel like benefits from like multiple rewatches or whatever. But I also think that. It's, a, it's sort of a lost art form that sometimes I think you have to force yourself into watching things that you might not be interested in doing. And that includes a rewatch mm-hmm. yeah. because you never know, right? Yeah. And I think that there's a lot of things that I don't think I would have ever 
you know, even here, like, I don't even know if there's some games that we've played that I would have played mm-hmm. if it wasn't for this. And I think, yeah. and then sometimes that's where the, oh, I actually really liked this. Yeah. So, you know, like, yeah. sometimes you can rewatch something that you didn't like the first time. And you're like, actually, I liked it a lot more the second time. You I know? had that and, experience with that. Princess Mononoke, famously. Really? Like, I, I remember as a kid getting into the Ghibli movies, liking a bunch of them immensely, of course. Yeah. And then Mononoke was always the one that, you know, I heard a lot about it. It has a lot of critical acclaim, et cetera. Um, and I tried watching it and I feel like I watched it two or three times and then didn't get all the way through it. Cause it is a long and pretty heavy a movie. Long one, yeah. And I was like, I don't think I like this one. And then I don't know, third, fourth, fifth time, whatever that I tried it. I got all the way through the end and I realized like, Oh wait, this might be my favorite of all yeah. of the Ghibli's. Like it, it took me that long to really fully like get my, my head around it. And also, you know, what's interesting is the opposite effect is when you rewatch something and the more you rewatch it, the more you hate it. Yeah. Or so this I'll use myself as an example because it's embarrassing. I mean, I think like everybody, when Frozen came out, Mm -hmm. I was very much on the hype train about like, ah, it's a great, great animated musical. And every single time I've watched that movie since the first time I saw it, I like it less and less and less and less. And it's just like. Sometimes the rewatch points out things that you don't notice because there's lots of shiny distractions the first time. And then the more you rewatch it, the more you're like, actually, there's this plot hole and that issue and that doesn't make sense. And, and, you know, so I I think it's an important skill to to rewatch and learn how to read on a rewatch as opposed to the way that you watch or consume something the first time. I just think it's like nothing irritates me more than someone looking at something and be like, I don't know if it's for me. And and I think that there is merit to that in some situations. But I think that the nature of uh, like current uh, like media and art is that it's very genre bending. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so like, oh, I don't really like this kind of thing is kind of silly because, you know, maybe you like this version of it. And I, I, I don't know. I have an aversion to people who are like. <laughs> I, I think it's like it's weird and I don't think there ever should be any trailers for anything uh, for this <laughs> yeah. very reason which is like somewhat like a, a perception of a trailer can like really like force someone not to like you said like go into something that you wouldn't have tried that you yeah. end up really loving I just think it's like such a boring way to like go about things yeah. and, and like also too I think um, it's really important to find value in something that's bad too yeah mm. the you i so i am not a really big i don't really like to read jane austen novels it's like not entertaining or captivating me but i'm not trying to sit here and argue that jane austen novels are bad right it's like you yeah. have to read it and like learn why it's something that we talk about you yeah. know and like why it's important and, and relevant to the culture and I, I think that's another skill that's like people equate liking something with whether or not something is good and it's yeah. like there's lots of things that you can make the argument for that are empirically good that maybe you don't love. You yeah, know? that's isn't that like most of classic literature is like most of those books yeah. are dry as shit, but do have some sort of like historical value. Well, I think that high uh, and and I don't mean to shade you. I know you don't teach English. It's like high school teachers. I think a lot of time have not learned how to teach that way. Where it's mm-hmm. like they, as you know, I really hated reading Wuthering Heights. Yeah, um, but again, it was like the same thing with. It's like I, it's not my style of novel. Mm-hmm. I've also figured out re- more recently in my years adult years that i'm like i just really as far as novels go really like contemporary 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 you know and so it's just like a taste thing but my teacher never taught me how to appreciate Mm -hmm. wuthering heights for what it did Mm -hmm. 
and I still don't really know, you yeah. know? And, but I'm sure there's an answer, you know? So I, it's, I just think it's like really important to push the boundaries of your taste constantly yeah. because they change, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that people that lock into, oh, I like this, and mm-hmm. that's the only type of thing I'm going to consume or eat or whatever, are not doing so, themselves a favor because w- there's no harm in, like I said, I think there's value in like revisiting something that maybe you thought you wouldn't like or trying something new that yeah. you think you might not like. Yeah. And if you don't like it, that's totally fine, and it's not a big deal. It feels like the same type of people who um, – we're doing that thing when um uh Thor Love and Thunder came out that we're like you guys like Thor and Love and Thunder is a comedy like don't try to put like you know big expectations on it it's like what like you know <laughs> it's like though that same kind of people it's like they try to learn how to appreciate everything by virtue of it like oh I'm gonna not read this in a certain way it's like no I'm just it's like now you're just pigeon you're like I like this type of movie I'm just gonna only watch yeah silly frivolous whatever. And that means that anything that is not that is pretentious. Yeah. yeah. And that's also like equally annoying. I had uh, two examples of like, of this concept we're talking about. One of a show that keeps getting better. And then one thing that I just recently rewatched that I felt like I didn't like as much the second time around. Mm. The first, and I won't go into it because we talked about it a lot, but Avatar, every time I watch that series, yes. um, takes on like new meaning for me mm-hmm. and becomes even more cemented as the best thing that I've ever consumed in my life. <laughs> um, <laughs> more on that perhaps in another uh, podcast episode, but um, more on that later in this episode, yeah, I'm sure. Say the word. We could talk about Avatar <laughs> oh, too, man. Sacred text. Um, the thing that I just rewatched last weekend actually was the Batman. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. I definitely mm-hmm. liked it less the second wow. time. Oh, yeah. really? D- don't get me wrong. Still really liked it. Mm-hmm. Could not be more excited for the next, uh, or installment or whatever. I'll watch them all. Yeah, no, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm, not, will. <laughs> I'm not at all trying to say that I didn't like it. I really enjoyed it. But I think that coming out of the Batman in March, I was like thinking to myself, wow, this is this the best Batman movie mm. that there is? Is this better than The Dark Knight? And I think upon watching this second time, I was like, oh, definitely not better than Dark Knight. Like, I think that is a movie that uh, you actually said it perfectly, like has a lot of shiny distractions and yeah. it's almost better as like a scene in the movie. Form of Robert Pattinson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like he, there's like a lot of amazing scenes. Yeah. But then they put it together for a three hour movie that doesn't well, always work. I remember after we saw that movie too, we were talking about, we loved it, but we were also kind of all like, is this movie only vibes? <laughs> like, is, yeah. And like, is it, it does the vibes great. The vibes are like, immaculate. The opening of that movie is the best thing ever. But that, um, that, uh, score track that's um it's like called I think it's called the bat and the cat you yeah know, so I that I'll just like listen to sometimes and just be like mm, yeah love this vibe yeah <laughs> so yeah. That, don't get me wrong I still love it like I'm not trying to yeah. say that oh actually it's not good it's great I just think it's the second best Batman movie ever made fair enough you it's you been- know you know what else is a really good example of something that I may <laughs> not have played what? Uh, or or consumed without something is tunic. Oh, you could have to bleep that one out too, like last time. No, no. <laughs> oh, we can say it now. We can, we can, we can, we can say it uh, comfortably. Um, welcome to the Lad Two Game Podcast. I'm Lad Robert. I'm Lad Jack. <laughs> you seem a little I, nervous I, over I there. This is this is I'm Lad Jimmy. By this, the way. this isn't going to make sense to everyone because this is going to be 15 episodes later. The hardcore fans will know. Yeah. Hardcore fans will be able to reference this. Um, we're uh, we're here today for uh, a very special episode nope. uh, <laughs> in, in a lot of ways. Nope. This one actually might be the first one that isn't special. Really? Uh, what's special about it? 
uh, just because <laughs> many being episodes with, yeah, that being, are not being special. with my being with my friends and talking about uh, video games I think, is always special. Okay, if there is something that's time, there is something that's special. Everything, every time. <laughs> if there is something that's special, maybe it's special in the fact that we're recording this and we have no idea when it's actually going to be released. Yeah. That's special. That's, okay. that's what I was All talking right, about. Good. Exactly. Okay, I'm very, on board. This a is a special, special episode. episode. But that's um, like a peek behind the curtain special. It's not special actually. It's just special in the the meta universe. I almost said metaverse. Yeah, <laughs> the lads and, and uh, lasses and ladettes out there and everything in between uh, who Wait, are listening. Are, is, which one is the non-binary? <laughs> it seems like two of them are females. Lad, lad, lad is, is non-binary. non-binary. Yeah. <laughs> and then lasses is female and ladettes is male. Yeah, <laughs> okay, exactly. <laughs> Everyone knows this. Great. Um, yeah, we're, we're here today to talk about uh, a game that we played called Tunic. Um, uh, and really excited to chat about this. Let's like, a, a quick break uh, here and then we'll uh, go into uh, our ratings and a little synopsis of the game. Great. Well, uh, I believe, Jack, you have something prepared. Yes, as always. Um, So we are talking about Tunic, as we said, and if you have not heard of Tunic, Tunic is an action-adventure game by Andrew Schuldis and published by Finji. The game was released in March 2022 on Microsoft Windows, Mac OS, and Xbox Series XS and Xbox One, which was followed by ports on the PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, and the Nintendo Switch in September of the same year. Um, In Tunic, you explore a land filled with lost legends, ancient powers, and ferocious monsters in an isometric action game about a small fox on a big adventure. Which I think is really cute. cute. Yeah, that's that's totally what it is. Yeah, a small fox on a big adventure. I think that that was a big thing that people gravitated towards with this game is how cute the fox is. Like I remember that it was like, oh, it's like, I mean, it's kind of misleading, right? Yeah, like honestly, which we'll talk about. But Mm -hmm. um, anyway, so is it me first? Yeah, let's jump into our ratings. Okay, yeah. So. Um, this was another um, one that I think I suggested um, when yeah. it was uh, announced that it was going to be ported. Um, Which we happily accepted. Yes. Yes. This time was not at gunpoint. <laughs> um, you know, I, I had seen some reviews of it where that it's like the type of review that really entices me where they say, this game is great. I can't tell you anything about it. <laughs> and I was like, what? You know, and like every reviewer was like, I can't spoil like what the magic of this game is. And that was really intriguing to me and for me anyway a lot of it really worked i think that um and i we should say i mean well maybe jimmy should say as we go into this that there will be you know spoilers thank you <laughs> yeah. I, I completely forgot what <laughs> you were trying to set me so up there for. Will be, I, I will not be taking the path that a lot of these reviewers took we will be talking in great detail about this but i i felt like what really worked for me in this game was the misleadingness of it you know it really feels like it's just going to be kind of a a link to the past um, or I'm sorry, a links awakening type adventure game. You know, you're going to go into some dungeons. You're going to find some treasure. You're going to beat some bad guys with a sword and shield. And this game is not really that, you know, it really evolves in really interesting ways over the course of the adventure. And I think that the really singular thing, if you don't know about this um, is the manual mechanic, which is that you spend the majority of your adventure finding pages of a lost manual that kind of harkens back to like, you know, older Nintendo 64 um, SNES game manuals that you would find like in the physical copies. Um, And I thought while that was is sort of just it was a little jarring at first, it really by the end of the game 
I was really sold on how cool this mechanic is and it's, you know, in different language and everything. And that's just so it's really was enticing to me. And that made the game really feel very like I was really on an adventure and really it captured the sense of exploration that I really crave that I don't feel like a lot of games do correctly. And while I have some like foibles narratively with it, I, I do think it is very intriguing and like a very singular kind of bold swing, which I always really appreciate. And because of all of that, because it's like really unique, I found myself very forgiving of a lot of things that I didn't necessarily enjoy about it. So while I do think this game has flaws and we'll get into them, overall, my experience with the game was really fun. And I think artistically, on an objective level, it's very interesting and good. And so for that, I'm going to give Tunic a four out of five lads. Um, And I definitely would replay. And that was really the big distinction is I was kind of bordering on a 3.5. But the 3.5 language says like would not play it again. And I'm like, "Mm, that's not true. I would I would definitely play this game again. I think there are flaws present, but overall a net positive experience for me so four out of five wow i definitely thought you were setting up a 4.5 there me too no it's a four i mean there i have problems with this game yeah um there's there's things that are unnecessary and interesting um i think the difficulty skew is a little steep but we'll talk about it okay um but yeah four out of five great that's me then uh yeah um i one thing that I really early found out about this game that I actually even, I think I mentioned on, because uh, I streamed this game a little bit on our Twitch channel. Um, I was catching so many Zelda references uh, yeah. throughout the game uh, from Breaking the Pots for Coins, which is in every game, I guess, at this point. But yeah. um, it, the Breaking the Pots the Coins, just sort of the iconography of like the sword and the shield is very similar just sort of the way those structured so i was like really kind of like oh boy am i gonna not like this game going into it mm-hmm. because of all that because i famously am not crazy about Zelda games uh and i think ultimately like my intuition about that was right uh i i had a really big revelation while playing this game that i think is really clicks for me why I don't like Zelda and why I like certain games. And I felt like I was having a hard time articulating what kind of puzzles I do and do Mm -hmm. not like um, in both a game like this in like even God of War, Zelda, Fallen Order. And what I think it boils down to for me is that I do not like puzzles where (laughs) (laughs) I do like puzzles I don't like puzzles where the puzzle is, where do I have to go? I like the puzzle where it's, what do I have to do? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that Zelda games and this game, Tunic, leans more in the where do I have to go versus what do I have to do? Mm -hmm. And I don't find that intriguing. I like the waypoint. I like getting to a place and then seeing the room and being like, okay, how do I get around this thing? Mm -hmm. Uh, And so with a game like this where I'm not enjoying that and then the focus is on the combat, which I wasn't like crazy about, uh, it felt really short for me. I did like the X factor for me of... um, the uh, the manual, I thought that was really cool. I liked the aesthetics of the game. Those all felt very like, mm-hmm. oh, wow, super unique and fun. But pretty much everything else about the game, I really was not crazy about and was not having a good time playing. Uh, so for all of that, um, I'm giving this game a three lads um, uh, out of the possible five. Uh, and the one thing that I'll say after giving this, and it's my it's my kind of complaint about the language of this rating, is that it says truly average in there, which I feel like every time we've given a three recently, we've said it's not really truly average. It's just <laughs> these things we don't like. Um, 
So I don't know if I would consider this truly average because I do think there's some like really special things in here, but the rest of the language, notable shortcomings that meaningfully detracted from the overall experience. I don't regret playing it, but I won't play it again. Really speaks to me pretty, yeah. pretty clearly. Um, and uh, if if you're curious to also have seen this language like written, if you haven't already, it's on our Instagram and like our stories here. But yeah, a little long-winded, but uh, three lads for this one. Great, Great. yeah. I, uh, with, with this game, um, <laughs> oh boy, here it comes. <laughs> I, I'm not that far off from you guys. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I, I think the spread is a little closer than I thought it was. Yeah, be. definitely. I almost like, man, with the, with the, the curve that we've set up, I almost feel like I gotta like knock mine down to be more accurate. But I'll, <laughs> no, I'll no, stick. No, no, no. We stick, hear stick lines to are not great on a curve. No, no, no. Yeah. I'll, I'll stick to what I was thinking. I am. I was definitely between two scores, and I had a really hard time deciding between the two. Again, coming down to language of like parts of it really worked, parts of it didn't. Uh, I ended up going the more charitable route ultimately, and going for the higher of the two. Um, I will say before getting to the number score most, the vast majority of this game didn't do anything for me. Um, I don't think when it comes to gameplay itself that this game offered anything unique. Um, And I mean anything. Um, I I think that one look, let alone playthrough of 2019's Link Awakening, and I feel like that game did all of this um, three years earlier. And I think that there are other games too that well, have like thirty years earlier. Well, or yeah, the but for the re- for yeah, the yeah, remake, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. um, even down to a very similar uh, art style as well. Um, yeah, the gameplay really was not ambitious uh, and boring. I thought most of the time, um, even down to like the minute details of like you just have three swings with your sword. It's like a three swing combo or whatever, and you just kind of do that over and over and over again. It got a little better as time went on, as you started to get some items, but it never got interesting enough uh, that made me want to tolerate the difficulty of that combat as well, which is something we'll get into. Um, So the combat didn't really move the needle for me. Uh, However, I probably could have gotten over that. It's not like bad, it's just uninspired. Um, But the story elements of this game, I thought were, were not good. Uh, and I'll go. I'll go as far as saying, like, I, I don't think that this was a good story at all. Um, the the whole game manual thing, while it was interesting stylistically, um, to use uh, your own like words, uh, you know, against you perhaps <laughs> here, Jack. Um, it's like you're building to saying that you're going to use it against me, but I, you're trying to find like a nice way to I say felt, it. I felt like a, a lot of this game and, and some of the things that this game gets credit for was a lot of style over substance, frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're piecing together that game manual, obviously it is meant to be like a physical game manual. And I mean, it even has like a controller image where it tells you the buttons layout and stuff like that. I don't know if you guys noticed, but if you, when you're looking at the manual, if you look behind the manual, there's like a little TV and it's yeah. like a zoomed out TV. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's clearly referencing you being in the real world, looking at a manual. My question is why? why, why did they do that? Why do they have that as a style choice? It never came back in the game. I was like waiting for that, like, you know, moment where it's like, Oh, I'm actually playing the kid playing this game or something. And it never connected. It was just simply like, Oh, I guess we want to make this uh, like a, a meta reference to gaming itself. But then also the manual was actually in the game here. So it just never worked for me. I just found myself asking, like, why are we doing this? This kind of was a strange choice. Um, I also really didn't like that they had this um, 
fictional language, uh, mm-hmm. which essentially made the game have no dialogue. And while I'm not stupid and I understood what the story was, and I did have like a cool moment when you figure out that the corrupted foxes or whatever are within the pier or the not the pyramids, the like yeah, obelisks the or whatever. Or whatever. Um, well, that was cool. The fact that there was no dialogue always kept the story at like arm's length for me. I never really felt connected or interested or emotionally attached to this game's story. And I think that they, while they made a choice to not have dialogue, I think it hurt them. I think it was the a wrong choice. Um, and in my more pessimistic view, almost left me wondering if they like couldn't think of something. And so they just decided to not put in dialogue or any sort of actual this is the charitable story. review <laughs> well that that is the more pessimistic yeah, no, uh, right. um i also finally uh I, I i realized that this is yet another game with two endings um yeah and once again to use your language here jack uh, if you have a story to tell tell it yeah i got the bad ending and mm. it made me felt feel like I wasted my time with this game. And I watched the good ending, and I was thoroughly upset that I didn't get that. No. We, and we the good, hold on, we'll, we'll, and the yeah. good we'll ending, about, we'll the yeah. good ending is locked behind a very tedious and unfun um, puzzle that I know has like a very unique spin. To I know a lot of people did the puzzle by getting out the old like pen and paper. Um, but I felt like that puzzle was very obtuse, very difficult to figure out without aid, um, and ultimately not fun. And so I didn't want to do it. Um, so yeah, I, 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 it's almost like to, to have a notable game these days, people are like, oh, you need a skill tree. You need it to be open world. And I think that another thing game developers are doing a lot of is you need to have multiple endings. And I don't think that that's the case. And I think that this game suffered as a result. Um, it's saved from disaster by having a very, very good score and sound design. Um, I do, while I don't think it's unique, I do think that the art style was cool. Um, and it has some really good accessibility controls that I appreciated as I started to sour on the game. It allowed me to finish the game, which I'm happy about because yeah. I, I did want to experience after experience it after all. For all of that, my charitable rating here is a three- out of five. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah. I, I, when looking at the language itself, um, and, you know, I was between a 2.5 and a 3. Um, hold on. I, we have to talk about these endings because I have a... Uh, yeah. A, I, I agree I, with I'm, you and disagree with I you. I agree I, and disagree, yeah. I'm, I'm waiting to see your thoughts, Jack, because I, I feel like... Uh, yeah, that, that, that's the biggest surprise of your whole thing is the 3. Yeah. Um, wow. I mean, I... I, I Resonate with the three here, um, having basically the entire review of that notable shortcomings, um, wouldn't play it again. I kind of regret playing it in the sense that like, I almost like, again, like, why didn't I just play like Link's Awakening? I felt like it was, it did this maybe potentially better and earlier. Um, did you play Link's Awakening? Uh, no, I still have not gotten a chance to. I've, I've watched gameplay. I've though, played but... both and I, I feel that there's a, a difference. Okay, that, that, them, that definitely but... could be. Yeah, ultimately, I, I think, like, I felt like 2.5, the language was, like, too negative of, like, the developers didn't know what they're doing, sure. and that didn't really feel right to me. Um, but, yeah, a 3 out of 5. I I really didn't enjoy a lot of this game, uh, and I thought that they made some some severe errors, but um, not a complete disaster. So, okay. uh, a 3 out of 5. Well, um, should we take a break? And yeah, then... let's let's take a quick break after those ratings, and we will come back and talk a little bit about the story first. 
Welcome back. Uh, let's talk about uh, the narrative of and yeah. the story of Tunic here. Well, so I, I think what's interesting is I, I do agree with you, Jimmy, in some respect that I think the ambiguity is stretched a little too far. But I don't think that that has to do with the fact that they didn't have dialogue. Like, I, I think that's like a almost like an easy fix is to just be like, let's just put some dialogue in or like, you know, clear up the language thing. Mm-hmm. There's definitely a way to have told this story in a way that's like much clearer by the end. Cause I think what the trick is, is that if you're going to start from a place of really broad ambiguity, by the end as an audience member, you expect that to like funnel down to a finer point where you're like, by the end, you're like, I understand this story. Yeah. I think with this game, there's a little bit of this sense of you get to the end and it's kind of like, I kind of get it, but well, I, I think with the good ending and watching the good ending, I that was the finer point. Well, so and I think the, that the bad ending, I was like, you gotta be kidding well, me. Well, here's the thing: is I comp- I have the same opinion but reversed. I think the good ending is stupid. I I totally agree. I think huh. that I think what the endings. Is, I think the ending that we had was the good ending. But I fully agree with you that it's annoying that the other ending, which feels like it's painted as the true ending. Yeah. And I think I've even seen it online. It's, as no, like it's, true, it's the true ending. And I think it's yeah. such a misnomer. I think the true ending is the worst ending like from a thematic perspective. Mm-hmm. But I do think it's annoying to your point that mm-hmm. the true ending is locked behind um, finding the, all the, the manual manuals. pages. And I, I think, I know it's weird because like I feel like the manual is part gameplay and part story. So I don't even know. If we're we'll we'll talk about this. this when we get into gameplay specifically, but I really feel like the manual is the game. Everything else is basically superfluous, hmm. but to what you're saying about the endings, to me, the problem with the quote unquote good ending or the true ending is that it doesn't say anything. It just means like, Oh, you, you did it. Hooray, you know, but the quote unquote bad ending is interesting because it is saying, ah, this is what was going on the whole time is that this is this never ending cycle of these foxes replacing each other and replacing each other, replacing each other for, you know, some sort of nefarious purpose. Yeah. It at least hmm. is saying something narratively, whereas the good ending feels to me, it felt very like I was like, what, what, what did I do? I I almost feel like, I mean, do you have that take with, with Zelda games, like you don't want Link to be successful at the end. You find that boring? No, no, no. What I mean is that a Zelda game is set up in the DNA from the beginning to have that sort of triumphant ending, whereas this game gets progressively darker as you continue. So Mm -hmm. I was expecting some sort of darker twist or darker ending at the end. And when it all of a sudden whips around to, oh, here you are fishing with Big Fox. Yeah. It felt very antithetical to what had been being established. You know... And also, okay, did you find the manual page, page 46, I think, which says, have you looked at the full manual? Yeah. And are you talking about the one that it spells out the two endings? It says like clearing the game, taking your place. Yeah. Yeah, Taking your place. And so when I found that those pages, I was really disappointed because I was like, oh God, there's two endings. Yeah. And I, I agree with you. I do think that that trope is a little played out. I don't need every game to have multiple endings. However, I was like, well, in for a penny, in for a penny. You know, I was like, I guess I'll just go do the true ending, you know, yeah. because I was like, I just want to see what it is. But when I watched the quote unquote bad ending, I was like, that's way more interesting. So the bad ending just shows that you defeat the fox and then you are trapped yeah. within the thing. I don't, I don't know. Like I, I, especially for a game like this, I, the fox was the hero. And I feel like to have it end 
like by him just getting trapped, I'm like, wow, like for a game that I already didn't enjoy playing and then I failed my journey, like that was well, a I don't, I don't think it's a failure. I think it's well, it like a failure. You get trapped for eternity. But then but another fox is going to come try to get you. you yeah, but and, but so also, he'll get trapped too. I, I would say maybe he will break it. You know, it's like, I think that's what's compelling about that ending is that it's like, you could literally play this game twice and you could, in theory, sort of like infer that your second journey is the one where you do break the cycle. You know, it's mm-hmm. like there's almost a version of this game where you get trapped halfway through and then you start over yeah. knowing that you have to how to free the fox the second time. You so know? so mm. kind of to what you were talking about earlier, Jimmy, I feel like you're not, you are playing the fox. You are not the fox. And mm. that kind of goes back to your thing about like that maybe like looking back a little bit and it's a little more like meta, like, oh, yeah. I'm playing the fox because when you get to that ending, um, kind of to your point, too, about the story, I feel like the the quote unquote true ending is a little too like wrapped in a bow. Yeah, a little it's bit. way too neat. The, the story is too mm. is really ambiguous. I agree. And so an ambiguous story that gets to the end and then tries to like really quickly like piece together everything to me is just kind of like, eh, OK, it, it's yeah, like a I little agree. like uh almost like cliche in a lot of ways hmm. and the the ending that i had i thought was like way more interesting because um b- because of that like i think the the kind of dark cyclical ending was really interesting i will say though too that the the boss fight was fucking impossible i i yeah. i literally spent 3 hours just trying to do that yeah. boss fight. Well, and we can get to the gameplay in a little bit. I, I fully agree with you. Um, Me too. It, I think it speaks that even with, I was using no fail mode at that point because I was over it. Um, and even with that, it was still like overwhelming. So yeah. I, I, well, I, I think we'll save the, it for I gameplay. Think the artistic but intention I, behind that is that they're trying to push you to the true ending, but I think that's a bad choice. I, yeah. okay, so I, um, they want you to with walk regards, away from that boss fight, you know, with regards to the two endings. And like, I, I, I want to hopefully avoid us just going in circles saying the same thing over and yeah. over. So, like, my final point on that is with the like obtuse and ambiguous story. I wanted there to be some final resolution to mm-hmm. it. And when I went through a kind of up in the air, like really hard to read, you know, story for like six hours. And then the ending was also like, and I guess you'll just have to try again or whatever, or he's trapped. I That felt unsatisfying yeah. to me as a conclusion. And I guess you guys, if I'm reading it correct, liked that the conclusion was that there is no conclusion. You have to try. I, again. I, I think I appreciate. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, I just appreciated that it was a little more consistent. Yeah. Like I felt like the, the true ending from my playthrough. And I understand that people, if you did more of a hundred percent, did all the manual pages, which I definitely did not, mm-hmm. they may have a better grasp on the story and that might work a little bit better I mean, for as, them. As someone who did the true ending, I, I don't feel that it gave me a better grasp it, on the story. Yeah. Like I, I think what's weird to me about that ending, as opposed to the ending that you got again, is that it doesn't say anything. It just is. You did it, which is very traditional video game and very typical of a video game story and an action adventure thing. Mm-hmm. This game was leading me through the story, and I was believing that I was not going to get that type of ending. I was going to get something that's like, ah, this is so interesting. What a weird twist! What an, oh, you know, nice. I was. It was so building it to but... something that felt more complex than that, and to. Robert's point, getting something that feels very like neat and tied up was very antithetical to what was being built up on the positive sides of the story. 
I was really enjoying the ambiguity for a long time. It was just at the end, I was craving some sort of sense of specificity, which is to me the the quote unquote bad ending gives you that sense of specificity where it's like, ah, I understand what was going on is that I was being led astray to replace this air when I thought that I was, you know, it's like you're being misled. I was like, ah, that, okay, I get what you're saying. You know, you're saying- Oh, I, d- I don't think I got grasped that I was being misled. Well, so, okay, this is interesting. And this is, again, I think this is something that they could have done in the story to make it more clear, but um, some very dedicated. So on the if you collect all the manual pages, one of the last pages you get is a cipher to translate the whole manual. Stupid. I mean, I would never do it, but it is crazy that they do have a cipher. Yeah. Many dedicated individuals have taken to the internet to translate the whole thing, and I read through the whole thing. Yeah. And there is a phrase, I think part of it is translated in the manual, but I can't remember where they talk about how the um the temple you know the sealed temple mm-hmm. is both a it's like a beacon and a trap mm-hmm. you know and i was like oh that's really interesting i see what they're doing Man. it's like it's a it's a it's a lure you're trying to lure the fox into it but it's also like a trap you know and yeah, I, 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 if you have a story to tell just tell no, it no, and i, know, I agree i think they could have oh, put a well, finer point on that yeah. you know but to to again what i'm saying is that the quote-unquote bad ending mm-hmm. is closer to a finer point on that than the good ending which makes it seem like wait what was going on you know like i don't understand what this point what the purpose of this was i almost wonder i'm doing this on the fly but like i almost wonder if you could have had like a combination of the two like had it be more clear in the story have it not be so up in the air and like completely uh ambiguous but then have like that final boss fight be like you can die or you can win and you will get a final ending no matter what. You get the, you know, spare, both. spare or kill. <laughs> yeah, like kind yeah. of like rather than like you have to do a bunch of stuff to decide which one you're going to get, you everyone goes into it knowing what the stakes are. And then you either beat it or you don't. And yeah. both times, I think that actually would have been really That cool. could be interesting. I mean, it, it, listen, it, it, we're not going to get to the, you know, uh, I think we can all agree that like, the story is just a tad too ambiguous and could yeah. have used a finer point, right? I, I think something that, and this is the last thing I'll say about the like endings here, the two endings I think is weird because I think one is better than the other mm-hmm. and I think the worst one is better than the other. But um, to the game's credit, I think it sort of sets it up as the kind of game that that's what you get first and then you replay it. Yeah, because I think there's a version of this game where that is what happens is you get the quote unquote bad ending and then you go back and do it the right way. Because you get the game over. Mm-hmm. But when you if you press press um, try again, you're mm-hmm. missing and it says you're missing like X pages or whatever, like try again. It takes you back to right before you got to the boss fight. Yeah. So it doesn't take you back all the way to the beginning and say, OK, now do the whole game, but try again all the pages, which I actually really appreciated. Now, if I liked the game more and I liked the gameplay more, I think that's something that I might have done. Yeah. And, and in that case, as you like, it's almost like you beat the game first pass. Now here's your second time to go get through like the extra stuff and then unravel the story at the end. And I think that's great. I think it's like maybe the wrong choice considering the length of the game. But I I, I think that that's maybe their intent for it. It just didn't work for me because I had no interest in doing that. Well, it's tough when you lock the story behind you needing to do a completionist run. And yeah. I think that that is a, a poor decision. Well, it's okay. So we can talk about the more gameplay, but it really isn't a completionist run. There's like a ton of other extras beyond the manual pages. Like I got all the manual pages without doing everything in the game. It 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 is. We talked about this a little bit, Robert, that it's like, is the manual 
extra? Is it bonus content or is it main content? And I would argue that it's main content. It's just not sold correctly. It's presented as bonus yes, content. And we can talk about that with yeah. gameplay. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. <laughs> I think the, I mean, one the collection of the manual pages is, is a completely broken system. Like yeah. the, the way that they present it. But we'll, we'll talk about that. But the on the positive side of narrative, a um, couple of fun standout moments. Um, absolutely obsessed with the whole way the rooted ziggurat worked where you um are going down into those like weird technological pyramids you know mm-hmm. yeah. and then you walk across that platform and in the background you can see like hundreds of those cubes yeah. you know that was a high see- point for sure seeing the yeah. foxes go into the cubes was yeah. su- i was yeah, like that was that was really captivating um, for sure the uh when you die the first time when you fight face the air mm-hmm. and you become a ghost mm-hmm. And you're walking around and seeing all the d- other dead foxes. Yeah. Also a huge highlight. I mean, there's a lot of, there was a lot of really cool. I really liked, I really liked the ghost, uh, the ghost section for the sure. Ghost as, section as you're piecing really together. Fun. Gameplay the, wise hated that. Thought it was not fun. I think, oh, I think, I think like going to have to backtrack to all of those temples. I thought was, yeah, not well, that was a part of the gameplay all. that I thought the puzzle solving really worked for me because I had been noticing all those candles and all the manual pages. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why are these here? And then when I got to that moment, I was like, Oh, that's so satisfying. Well, I guess that's gameplay again, but yeah. I really enjoyed that. I the, the theme, the themes, the mm-hmm. story of like having to go to the graves is cool. Yeah. The fact that like you now need to take an hour mm. to do that. Yes. And the map has changed. So what you've learned about the map and navigating it is a little different as well. I thought was very. What do you mean the map has changed? Some of the path, the pathing to getting oh, to various spots because it's are, like the nighttime mode right, or whatever are different. And so, because I I did have a little bit of trouble navigating, and so at that point now I'm like five hours in, um, and I started to learn the map here, and so I, on top of that already being just like do it again, that isn't a fun idea to me, and we're gonna change it up on you. I just, oh man, yeah. I didn't. I, I, I agree with you. We'll, yeah. we'll talk a little bit more about the gameplay. There, yeah. I, I agree to say something nice to all of branch here. Totally agree that in the more technological area, what is it under the Ziggurat? You said? Yeah. yeah, that was cool. And, and I agree when you go to that one room and you see the, the ghost Fox, as I said, yeah. being put into the cube. Yeah. Uh, are you okay? I'm gonna make an outlander reference here um, from the book. I, that's a book that famously I detest. I think it's very boring, but there's one scene in the book where I was like, oh, that is the coolest thing that's happened. And maybe <laughs> it all changes here. And it's where I forget the character's name, but uh, the main character notices a polio Claire. shot. Oh, on, yeah. Mm-hmm. On another person. Yeah. And it confirms that there's other time travelers <sighs> in this realm. Again, if you don't know Outlander, this is a waste of time. But the, the, the that words was a, 1968 are a trigger phrase. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like that, when she says I'm from 1968. Like, that was so cool. And yeah. then the book went back to being boring. And so I, I felt like <laughs> that was a moment in the game. Not to say that the game was boring narratively, but it was, it was like, like a highlight in an overall boring story for you. Well, and I, I kind of felt like, okay, I've been confused. The story has been really Im- ambiguous. Now I've gotten to the spot where like I have connected the dots and I'm starting to understand it. Now can we start to get to the storytelling? Yeah. And then it just continued to be obtuse and I didn't sure I, I wanted like I wanted there I don't know I, I felt I guess with both the ending and I, and I suppose that moment specifically I wanted there to be a, an arrival point like a moment where like I got to I'm like ah yes now I'm gonna get things and the story is gonna actually take the time to to unveil itself to me yeah. and it was just more 
ambiguity. I think what is unfortunate about the story and well, not unfortunate, but it is tough is that it does require a lot of investment on your part Mm. as a player. It's not going to tell you the story. You Mm -hmm. have to sort of infer and make and make assumptions based on your play through. And personally, I really enjoy that in many ways. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I agree with you that I do wish it got to a slightly finer point. However, I don't, for me, based on of what you were saying earlier, I, the finer point would not have included dialogue translating the manual. I just wish that there were ways that they could have visually thinned it out sure. to a more specific and, point. Because I really enjoyed the implication, the fact that it's like, I'm just trying to piece this together, you yeah. know? And, and I, I will hopefully want to be clear too, like, and I think I even said this on a, a previous podcast episode, but like, I understand the concept of show don't tell. Yeah. And so I'm not asking for poor dialogue. Right. Like, you're I, I don't for need subtle dialogue. Yeah. I, I don't, I'm not a dummy. Yeah. Like, but so I don't I want people to be like, well, you're just stupid. You don't understand. No, I think you can do it well. Absolutely. And I'm asking for it to be done. I think well. I really, really liked the ambiguity and I'm kind of fine. Just like vibing out with the thing. <laughs> it and, is 90% vibes. And, yeah. and, and the, and the, the way that it kind of progressed and with the ending that I got, which was like the bad ending or whatever, I actually thought the story was like pieced together really well. Mm-hmm. The problem is with, with a story that's really am, am, ambiguous and sort of is just like vibes only. Then the, the focus and the highlight is put on the gameplay and the combat, which I didn't 100%. like. And 100%. so, so if, if I really, if I really liked the gameplay and I was enjoying that and then this vibe was happening yep. in the background and they got to the points, I would have really loved this game. But the problem is the combo of the ambiguous story and the gameplay just like, like we, we should I co-sign on. everything that Robert just said here. And I think to, to your point about like yeah. it requires the player investment um, to, to get me to invest. There needs to be something that's hooking me. And that was the gameplay. Yeah. And I, it didn't well, do I so. feel like the hook is the mystery of it. But, you know, I, I sort of take issue a little bit with what you're saying, just because I do think that we've talked about this a little bit. You, you've talked about this, Robert, specifically about how games are getting increasingly story driven or gameplay driven. And yeah. I kind of think that that's not always right. I like things that are very interwoven, you know, and I feel like this game was attempting to do that mm-hmm. where they were interweaving the gameplay with the story. However successful that was is obviously up for debate, mm-hmm. but I, I, I prefer that approach as opposed to, you know, what we were talking about with um Kana bridge of spirits, where it's like, I'm playing the game overly cinematic cutscene yeah. mm-hmm. gameplay. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like that's so jarring for me and I, I appreciated this game by virtue of what it's asking you to do as a player by exploring this world ask questions about this world ask questions about the manual created a much more compelling story than if it was just given to me in dialogue or whatever yeah i mean just to clarify i do think that that's the direction it's going i don't think it's the right one no totally yeah i just i i think that um i think it's a mistake i i appreciate i i actually so i like when a let me back up. I think that my issue is not whether it's interwoven or not. I think it should always be interwoven. My issue is that I feel like just from a focus perspective, like it's not like whether the gameplay and the story are intertwined. It's does this game feel like a game where they put 90% of the effort into the gameplay or 90% of the effort into the story? That's kind of more what I'm talking well, and about. And what do you think Tunic was? I think Tunic was more gameplay 
focused just by nature of the story mm, being, that's interesting. being being a little bit more in the background here. Um, but I also think this is not a game that gives 100% in either direction, right? Like, it it, it feels like a much smaller game, which is totally fine. I, see, that's interesting because I really think that this game, I, I think the fault in this game is that is not about a lack of trying in either category. It's just taste issues, you know? Like, I think that... For me, I feel like what I loved, what I do love about this game and why it earns such a high rating in in my favor, regardless of my issues with it, is because they took a swing on both the narrative and the gameplay. Like they really with the manual, I think that the you, well, so you, we should talk you, about you gameplay. Consi- you consider the go. gameplay part of the manual, is that what you're saying? We yeah, should, well, let's we should yeah. move on. I, all right, yeah, that's yeah, fine. Yeah, we well, gotta talk about well, it. Well, <laughs> we're, we're, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna come back, we're gonna take a quick break, and actually, when we get back, we're gonna talk a little bit about like sort of the in between stuff, yeah. like the mm-hmm. sort of like more vibe, which I think we all are pretty positive about. Yeah. Yeah. So, we'll, we'll talk about that for a sec, and then we'll go get into the gameplay and yep. finally settle this fight once and for all. I got some takes. This episode of the Lads Who Game podcast is sponsored by the song 12 Days of Christmas. Newsflash idiot, there's only one day. But I do like those maids of milkin'. And after you've pulled the pear from that partridge's mouth, make sure to subscribe and rate the podcast. Then follow the lads on Instagram, Twitch, TikTok, and Twitter at Lads Who Game for any and all updates. Now back to the show. Welcome back. Uh, we're going to talk pretty quickly, I think, just about kind of not gameplay specific, but just a lot of the other stuff in between and not to discredit how important these things yeah. are, but yeah. just because I think we have less to say about yep. all yeah, of them. Definitely. Um, uh, music, I thought was really great. Love beautiful. music. Really like that kind of like lo-fi yes. beats lo-fi to, to beats swing to. Lo-fi beats to and explore too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Really loved, I think my favorite track was right after Becoming a Ghost and you go in the like is it a graveyard area? Yeah. You go to the cathedral. Yeah. Cathedral mm-hmm. in the graveyard, yeah. Yeah, that area had some really cool I loved haunting the, um, music. the mountain music when you go up to the snow. Mm-hmm. I thought yeah. it was so ethereal and really creative. Just the atmosphere in general of this game was impeccable. You know, mm-hmm. like it was so, it was very bright and sweet, you know, but also there was just like this sense of like dread a lot mm-hmm. of the time and like sort of fear that I thought was really impactful. Um, I loved the way that the sound design switches from, you know, medieval sword and shield clanking to like, you know, like that kind of electronica, like technology hum. And I was like, that's really unique. And I very much enjoyed uh, the combination of sound and I guess like controller vibration. Anytime Mm. you powered up the uh, the obelisks. Yeah, that was great. um, That was always so satisfying. It was very loud. Yeah. <laughs> All of a sudden, I got very loud. But uh, well, it was it was very you, fun to do that. Oh, this that's was my interpretation, um, at least. But um, the detail what? of what? Oh, no, that makes sad. me sad because I played on PC, and so there's oh, no. Oh, you didn't get the vibration. Oh, you didn't get the vibration. Oh, of vibration oh, and I really feel like that would have been nice. Yeah. Um, no, I just gonna say the detail of why the obelisk sounds so loud is um at least my interpretation is that it's the fox screaming inside mm. that there's this high pitched sort of you yeah. know, sound and I was like oh my god it's like I'm killing them every single time I do this or yeah something. I really like I really like the areas especially in the overworld right is that kind of like central area mm-hmm. yeah I remember mm-hmm. that correctly 
where the track would be the same, but kind of like slightly switched to a different tone as you yeah. got to different sections of mm-hmm. it. I thought that was like really, really cool. And yeah. then when you got to like a really new section, that's when the score like completely yeah. changed. Yeah. I also thought the, the graphics were stunning. It's like, so the, I love that sort of cartoonish, you know, those, um, shaded cell shaded cartoon graphics yeah. like it's so yeah, do, yeah again not to your point not anything i haven't no, seen nothing before just yeah, i thought really but. effective i really liked it I, I coggled this on and off the um the field of view like having mm. the stuff in the background blurred out do you know what i'm talking about i, don't I know do you, i didn't toggle it at all though. yeah because sometimes there was sometimes where i felt like i was using the um uh telescope uh, yeah. and i was like oh what's going on and then it was completely blurred in the yeah. background. so i was like well, well no, i slowly toggle that off but i really like that i really liked the um uh the design of the characters mm-hmm. i thought was really cool and something and i this is kind of gameplay, kind of like aesthetic or whatever, but I really liked the juxtaposition between the cute and the kind of creepy. Yeah. Quite yeah, a bit. Absolutely. And like the, the, there were so many times where like at the beginning, the enemies, the little like kind of like bouncing, like, uh, yeah, there's know, like, like the blobs. Sort of blobs. Yeah. yeah. There's like, so you get these like bouncing like blobs and like, even though they're enemies, like, Oh, they're like cute little enemies. Yeah. And then I, when I first started playing the game, I pivoted to the cathedral, like, way too early and so i get over there and they're like kind of like all these blobs like here's this new monster and it has a gun and i'm just like wait this thing there's guns in this (laughs) yeah it sounds like a gun no it's only just like a fucking i like it i love the um the juxtaposition between what you're saying with like these blob type things and then when you get to the bosses like some of those bosses are like hardcore i mean the librarian when I crawled up that ladder and I just saw that librarian just with the sword and like look I was just like why does this this game going so hard like all of a sudden the siege engine boss I thought was such an amazing Mm. set piece I thought they did a lot of really great work with the scale of the Mm -hmm. camera where it's like when it zooms out to do the siege engine boss fight, it's like, oh my god, look how small I am! Yeah. <laughs> like now, you know, I thought that I, was really impactful. I agree with all of that. The, the only know. thing I didn't like aesthetically was I thought the underground stuff felt a little like just like whatever is just it's, sure. it's just fine. Like, mm. but, but classic re- dungeon delving yeah. cave system type thing. Yeah. Yeah. But but I really liked the the aesthetic kind of just overall. Um, I really liked the um, the the I, I liked the manual. We're talking. I know we were, we have a lot to say about the manual, but just like from a pure aesthetic perspective, the art style. I oh, like yeah, the beautiful. art style of that. Really Definitely cool, gorgeous. Uh, like the little like scribbles in between. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, that was those yeah. details I, are so amazing. The little hand drawn notes. Yeah, I really <sighs> loved. Um, uh, probably my mm, second favorite area next to the cathedral area was the dark tomb, and I liked the use yeah. of light in that. And like the, I went into that before getting the lantern, mm. um, and like fumbling my way around, just like just hitting the sword. I'm like, what yeah. the heck is going on? Didn't even realize that there was like spikes until obviously I came back right. later with the light source. Um, I, I don't know if this is gameplay or aesthetic, but I, I kind of, I kind of liked, kind of didn't like that pathways were hidden. Um, mm. There, there were times like when you went to the southern portion, the more beachy area. Yeah. You guys remember that there's a ladder you have to climb that's completely out of view. Yeah, it's hidden. And I had to, I had to look that up, which I really did not enjoy um, f- discovering. That I'm like, oh, like I was in the right spot. You just couldn't tell that there was a path. Yeah, I, I thought that was kind of like a weird choice. Well, you know, I didn't like it the first time because I thought I was like, oh, that's weird. Why would that be hidden? And then when I realized that it was like more of a puzzle, 
element of the game. I thought that like when I was like this, it, mm. when the motif repeated, I was like, oh, so when I go into rooms and I don't know where to go, I should be looking for places that might be hidden in the camera. I, then I started to enjoy it more. That felt less like a, I think we've talked about this before of like a puzzle isn't fun when there's like no way to discover it without looking it up. And I guess the uh, alternative would be to shimmy across all the se- the walls of the room too. A lot of exploration. I think the maps help in the the thing too because a lot of the times the maps reveal those. Well, well, that's what I was going to say is that there's a lot of hand-drawn notes in the map that will point to places that are hidden by the isometric camera view. So mm-hmm. if you start, if you're paying attention to that, it does give you a lead on that sometimes mechanic. and sometimes not though i, I think, think well, right but it, i just mean that like um it will give you at least one so then once you see that there's this isometric camera view is like a thing then it's like oh i, I get it mm. it's a repeating motif perhaps i'm being too critical with that one specific example i just remember like i i in my view wasted like 30 45 minutes trying yeah. to figure out how to get into that next area because i knew i had to go there right and to discover that it was just an out of sight ladder was a little obnoxious um i will say on the positive end of things can i not no i mean i I mean you know i was trying to be a little more like subtle about it just because it was technical but it says jimmy smells like shit no i just you're turning into a teacher like passing notes like we'll share it with the class i i I, for the listeners at home i was just i wrote down same volume closer to the mic that i was trying to subtly tell jack to Talk, oh. be closer to the mic and I didn't want to like you know too much of a peek behind the curtain on the thing and I just because and you you a little bit but you know that's that's the lad experience for sure you know we're, we're <laughs> well, not now hiding, I'm gonna we're be not, closer to the mic we're not hiding anything we're keeping it all together how does that I, sound it's it's fine it sounds good, good in, in my headphones for sure <laughs> we're good we're just I'll anyway. say I liked um, well we're talking about sound design right yeah, so yeah. there we go how's the I sound see. how's the sound design now oh, oh that sounds really good yeah everyone, everyone actually smooth. we're gonna we we're gonna, be we're, gonna like very, we're gonna whisper but be like right next to the mic well now this is lad ASMR yeah, yeah. I enjoyed, uh, with regards to the um, hidden pathways, uh, the one thing that it did work for me, I guess to your point about like looking at the map, mm-hmm. um, when I discovered that the item shops you could discover with yeah. a little like, look like a cave with some eyes with poking eyes, out of you, yeah. that was super cool. Love uh, that. And I also really enjoyed any time that I would uh, go through a, a part of the map and then I would uh, pop out into a place I'd already been yeah. through a path mm-hmm. that you couldn't see. And that was kind of satisfying being like, oh, wow. Like if I had like Easter egg, like happened to stumble behind that wall, could I have gone to the end of that path yeah. beforehand? Mm-hmm. Which if you couldn't, I'd say that's dumb, but I'm assuming that you could have. No, a lot of them you can. Yeah, yeah. that's that's super cool. And so anytime that would happen, um, in fact, I think going back to the dark tomb, because uh, I had said I'd been in there to start and couldn't figure out what to do and went out. And then you get the lantern and you end up popping up in the, the entryway yeah. of the dark tomb. And that was like, Oh, super cool. So there's times where it worked times where it didn't for me. Um, yeah, I guess that's all I have this, to say. This about feels that. like a little more gameplay than anything. Yeah, man, sure. I mean, that's all I have to say on yeah. extras and stuff. Yeah. I'll oh. just kind of off of this since we're talking about the isometric view. Like I really early in the game got lucky and, there was like a tree line that you could end up walking through mm-hmm. and there was like a little chest behind there. I think I know what you mean. And yeah. and I just happened to stumble upon that and get that. And from that point, I was like, okay, I got to be checking corners yeah. now yeah. every time. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. if I didn't happen to stumble upon that until like later in the game, I probably would have missed a lot. So yeah. I, you know, I kind of agree. Yeah. 
I, I will say on a final point that all of these extras that we're talking about, as I said in my uh, intro, like that is the part of the game that saved it from being like into the twos for me. Mm-hmm. Like I do think that it was an, it did enough cool things in those extra categories that I'm like, I'm not willing to say that they phoned it in for this game yeah, or right. something. And, and I mean, in another alternate version of this podcast, we'd be talking about the the manual in the extras part of the game, but I understand why we're talking about <laughs> no. it in the game. But I know I, to- <laughs> I totally understand. I, I totally understand. Uh, anyways, um, cool. So let's... um. Let's take a quick break, uh, and then we'll come back and talk yeah, about put my boxing uh, gloves on. Talk about gameplay. <laughs> Welcome back. Uh, let's talk about uh, gameplay. Likely the most contentious part about this. <laughs> uh, let me start because I feel like I have the more middle of the road <laughs> take, and maybe I'll set a, a nice little tone here. Mm. Um, <laughs> No, you disagree. I, uh, I, just, I, I disagree. I, I, for the record, I said this at the top. Like the the gameplay, I I don't like, but it was the story that I had a bigger issue with. Sure. So okay, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. I mean, I I think that the gameplay is uh just like whatever in terms of like application. I will say that, and it, I'll be interested to hear what you guys think. I thought the controller scheme, I had to fuck around with that a lot to get it to what I wanted to do. I think Mm -hmm. that the having only two or three like usable items Mm -hmm. when there was a lot that I felt like you needed to use at all times was really challenging. It didn't bother me until I realized that um, the pause screen doesn't stop the action. I was like, well, I can't really switch between things. So I I kind of am going into a battle these are the only three things I'm yeah, going to be able you to can't access. Tog- like there's yeah. very rare, it's very rare that you have enough time to toggle between yeah, that, something. That I did not enjoy. Um, and I, I, I ended, what I ended up doing was I ended up having the lock on target and shield be the same button. Mm. And, Which is, and, is much more akin to Zelda. Yeah. yeah it, it worked. It worked so much better for me, but I thought the controls were a little wonky. I thought at the end of the day, the combat and was just, you just use the sword. Like there, there was, I didn't think that a lot of the stuff had a lot of value in a lot of ways. And I felt like it just Mm -hmm. ended up being like, you're using the sword the whole time and maybe like the fire wand or whatever. There there are some fun details that you can discover later on. Um, One thing that I did think was really fun is that you can um, combine, if you, if you have the ice knife and the, um, the long range blaster thing equipped mm-hmm. and you press them both at the same time you can shoot an ice laser oh, oh i didn't know that yeah. is that in the manual somewhere it's hidden in the manual wow. yeah um but um so th- there's but i i agree with you the sword and the the sword shield play is is you know very standard i don't think it was uh you know egregiously bad i just it obviously wasn't like super unique but i don't think it was necessarily like trying to be well what i didn't like about it was that there was a lot of times where you'd have to go pretty far and so um the enemies along the way i thought the difficulty skewed a little on the high side and so what would happen is i would get these like little minion grunts along the way and unless i like really focused up and timed everything i would like take some damage yeah. mm-hmm. and then by the time i got to the place that i wanted to go i would already be kind of like knocked down so yeah. i was either like having to like rush through everything and like hope i didn't take too much damage and sort of just like stop there or like waste like potions or whatever yeah and so it felt like 
there was a lot of combat in the game, specifically combat. You know, I know we're like loosely talking about like gameplay here, but there's a lot of combat in the game. I think like there was not too many like in like level puzzles, so to speak. Like there wasn't a lot of like, oh, move this block to here or like, yeah, it but, was really traversal puzzles, right? Right. Like that's the puzzle of the game is, yeah. is figuring out how to decipher this manual. Like, I think that, okay, this is the thing. I mean, okay, we can talk about puzzles later, I guess, but I feel like that's the thing, at least in the intentionality of the game, is like the reason that the there is a lot of like combat as you're moving around the map is because I think that the puzzle of this game is that the traversal gets easier as you go on, you know, all the way up until the very end when you get the dash and now it's like you're zipping around this map, you know, and you've unlocked mm. the warp points and everything and that felt very satisfying to me that at the beginning of the game, I was having the same issue that you were having, which is that, oh my God, it's so hard to just get from one side of the map to the other. And I have to be really economical about my potions and I have to make sure I can get to a save point where I can heal up again and whatever. And then by the end, the more you start to un- figure out shortcuts, because there's like lots of shortcuts behind the isometric view and everything. Mm-hmm. And then there's you get the dash and you can start, oh, look, I can dash along these and I can get around this. And then you figure out the warp points and it's like it just gets progressively easier, which is the type of difficulties curve that I really enjoy is when the game starts hard but ends easy. Hmm. Um, with the exception of that last boss fight, which I, I agree with you is too difficult. I, I just think it took too long to get there maybe is I, what, what I, agree. I think. I think I, that the the what do you call it? The magic orb where you can yeah. claw shot essentially that was helpful. Came a yeah. little late in the game. Yeah. Well, and you can, then, I mean, that's, you can get to that earlier. You, it just depends on the order of operations that you do the orbs. Oh, I suppose so. You do, but, you do have to get the two bell towers before you do that. Yes, you have to get the bell towers, yeah. but once you get into the temple, you can do those three in any order. Oh, yeah, that's, that's true. But as a new player, I guess I wouldn't know that there is that, like uh, totally, yeah. item there um it, it came a little late and then i do agree that the dashing thing was excellent but again came in the last hour well the dashing game. i mean the by the time i got the dash i was like this is like broken you know I, i'm zipping around this map that, like that nobody's is so business. funny i fucking hated the dash really i thought oh. it was so ineffective oh, I, I thought it was dash. so hard to like figure out where you were. Oh yeah. I, I thought that was, I love a dash, a good dash mm. mechanic. I thought it was the worst one of, and maybe, maybe this was because mm. I didn't have a, a controller with the, yeah, I, I found it really it satisfying on the controller. I, what's yeah. The, what's, I like the, the, what's the stick called? Analog stick. Like an, like an analog, yeah. like joystick. Like, yeah. yeah. Because I didn't have that using yeah. it with the WASD was really challenging. That I can imagine would be For difficult. Sure. Yeah. So I, I didn't like that. But oh yeah. I could see. Yep. Totally. Yeah. The, when you when you got to the, um, I don't know what it's called, but the like when you collect the heroes pieces and then you have to jump across the the ledges to go collect oh, yeah. the thing. It took me a long time every time yeah. because I couldn't find the exact right place. Oh, that was maybe, one of my favorite puzzles in the whole, or not puzzles, but realizations in the whole game was because I got to that temple area where there's all the, uh, you know. Uh, artifacts to regain your power very mm-hmm. early on. I, yeah. I stumbled upon it and I was like, I can't get these. Like, I want them. What am I supposed to do? And then when I got the dash, I was like, I know exactly where I have to go. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like, I, I just think that, like, maybe there is too many of the same type of enemies. I found myself. I could have used more enemy variety for I sure. F- I found myself really annoyed going through. And so, like, a, a good example of something that I liked was the. 
um, the like things that looked like little like tuning forks that shot yeah. at you. Mm-hmm. I really liked those as a as a obstacle enemy in a traversal game mm-hmm. because it's like I don't have to fight them necessarily. Mm-hmm. I can just sort of like rock them, them or yeah. like dodge them or whatever. So that I don't mind, but it was just like, there was so many like little grunts like walking around and there was different art styles mm-hmm. and like there was different types. And I, I I appreciate that. I'm not saying it was like lazy, but it was just too much of the same. Like, all right, I got to like swing some people on the way to this. And because it was kind of boring and it didn't really like, it wasn't really fun or engaging. I felt like the, the weight of Hello, the Twilight. Way, hello See, Twilight. She only interrupts. The weight of combat to like me thinking about where I have to go was mm-hmm. I think just the balance was off. And mm-hmm. because to me it was weighted heavier in the combat, something I didn't like, it just ultimately didn't work to me. But I will agree with you, Jack, that I think that the intentionality of the game is what you're saying. Yeah. And I personally don't like that in video games, but objectively I can say sure. that it works, that it that it's good. I Hello, Twilight again. Hello, Twilight. I really didn't have a problem with the grunt combat. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I enjoyed fighting those enemies, and I I found that I was using all of the items more on those smaller enemies compared to the bosses. Um, I did actually kind of like and almost feel like it's a, a strength of the combat, what you were referencing, Robert, about, um, oh, I need to get here, but there's a lot of grunts, and so I have to be very careful that I don't lose my power-ups or whatever too early. I yeah. kind of felt like that was almost puzzle-ish in nature of like, how do I get across? Because there were times where I would die and I knew that I needed to have X amount of health or magic left by the time I got to the end of the path. And so I'd die and I would try and sprint through. I'd be like, okay, maybe I can just avoid everything and sprint. You cannot sprint through. They most, will, yeah, they will hunt the time, you down for the rest of your you days. Yeah. Some of those and, enemies are faster than your yeah, sprint. Yeah. And I really, I like that though of like, okay, can't do that. I have to just be mm-hmm. careful about that. So I enjoy that. I, I didn't like- liked the enemy AI in that regard. I, yeah. They, weren't they follow stupid. you room to room. Yeah, they're not stupid. That know? was cool. So no issues there. I didn't like really any of the boss battles. I felt like the the- the difficulty jumped too high for me. I thought the difficulty in the overworld, so to speak, and in the other other parts of the overworld was really fun and engaging. I thought that the boss battles were frustratingly difficult. And I would have liked maybe the gap to close a little bit. I thought some of them were tricky. I, I really... Um the, I th- the librarian was saved for me by virtue of just the aesthetics were so cool. I thought that one was a little too tough. That was crazy because you, you, you had to bring him in. Yeah, to um, hit him. the final boss is too tough. We've talked about that, but I think yeah. that's, you know, whatever. And then the only other thing about the boss combat is I just ugh, never, ever am happy to see a boss rush. That, I just, that, that was the shit out well, of that, and it. That was so hard. Oh my God. Okay. So I'm glad you reminded me of that because that was at the same time that I was already over the idea of backtracking yeah. five times mm-hmm. and then I'm doing a boss. That me was like, this is padding. Yeah. It's total does padding. not need to be It, it was a boss brush that was like designed to be a boss rush, like in, mm-hmm. in the most obvious way, right? Yeah. I, as soon as I got in that room, I was like, fuck. Yeah. yeah. That, that was so probably annoying. the, um, the, the, longest time that I got stuck was yeah. I, I did that about mm, upwards of 10 times. Yeah, that, that and the final boss were the only two times yeah. I ever felt challenged from a combat perspective really like I, I died obviously doing mm. the big bosses but again to kind of what I was saying earlier it was almost just a little like throw bombs hack slash throw bombs hack slash yeah. and like defend a little bit. I did use the, the ice 
knife quite a bit. Yeah, I, I liked that the one ice a lot. knife. I thought that was a that really felt kind of cool. essential to get through some of that those. That felt so satisfying whenever you got a hit on it. You know, yeah. it's like that. Shit and to make team, sure, you know, you know, again to to the credit. <laughs> we set out this segment like I was going to shit all over the game. Well, gameplay. we haven't gotten to the manual. I'm really, well, that's not gameplay, so it's okay. But uh, <laughs> um, I I really enjoyed. <laughs> it's okay. Didn't like that. <laughs> um, I don't like those cheap shots. <laughs> I did. Um, I did like the ice shard and I liked freezing them because I felt like I was always a little short on um, the like firecrackers, which were really helpful for me to yep. take off big pieces of damage. And so I, I liked having to freeze them so I could throw the firecrackers and make sure that they always hit as opposed to throwing them and then having the guy move away. Yeah. Only time I used the ice shards was when I needed time to do a potion. So it felt more yeah. defensive <laughs> to me than offensive. The also other thing, good. which is not a bad, I, but the other thing too that I found really frustrating and maybe I just like was doing it wrong, but if you, it takes so long to drink a potion it, it, in gameplay time. And it felt like if I was getting hit, it could break that or essentially yeah. negate it. But if I was a, if I saw myself about to get hit, I couldn't cancel the drinking of the potion, yeah. mm -hmm. which I thought is really, really poor design. Because like, if I if I could have like dashed out of or like you know done the dive mm -hmm. out of a potion like and stop that, it would have been super, super helpful for me. But the fact that I couldn't was really, really. I annoying. definitely got hit a bunch of times where I was like, oh, it was just like one frame too long on the potion, you know, yeah. or something. So I was like, oh man, I, I just negated the whole thing. Which, but I think that's a lot of, a lot of games have those issues. I definitely think this one was pretty, it was, it was, it was definitely frustrating, but probably not a huge deal. 50% of the potions I drank, I ended up just immediately losing that. Health. Well, it just, it just, the, the, the combat in the game feels leans arcadey to me, mm -hmm. I think in a lot of ways. And so like, just let us be a little like, flexible with that you know what i mean mm -hmm. like the let, let us pause and switch the that the was things. really the only big thing that i was like i don't know why this has to be a it doesn't pause the game like that feels so bizarre especially because i unequipped my sword so many times yeah. in that menu because because you just like the press the button one, yeah. and mm -hmm. it takes it out um i was thankful that i had why would i ever need to unequip my sword you know it's like so yeah. weird the the because the, the sword should, sorry to interrupt the sword should have been like a separate yeah. thing just that you always three had items and then and you a had sword. the three yeah. items yep there it is because i because i had uh, i was able thankfully to map but uh because i have a few buttons mm -hmm. on my mouse too yeah. so i was able to have uh le left finger sword right finger shorts uh shield and lock on and then mm -hmm. the two mouse buttons so it was all there really easily for the um you know different uh, yeah. things you could do but even with that just like you know all right video games are weird like you know you have a backpack full of like four sets of mm -hmm. armors and stuff like that mm -hmm. you pause and you can like switch everything like whatever like mm -hmm. I, I, there's no reason this game needed to focus so much on like if you're gonna do that it realism. has to be a combat wheel like you have to make it mm -hmm. like yeah. the horizon or, or skyward sword has that combat Every game wheel too. Combo. and maybe that was by design to like sort of focus, force you to like pick your poison yeah. so to speak before going in but it just it is really unnecessary um let's what talk about it, the yeah, what is this manual take? Okay, so here's the thing. I agree that it is not properly platformed. My big gripe with it is that it needs to be made more clear. The truth that I came to understand by the end of this game, which is that the manual is the game. Mm -hmm. Piecing together the pages of this manual and reading the manual carefully is what this game 
what the gameplay is. The com- You could take the combat out and you would still have a game <laughs> traversing this map and finding these pages and leading you to the... If Let's say, for example, let's say that the quote-unquote bad ending was removed from the game. The mm-hmm. only way you beat the game is if you collect all the manual pages and free the fox. Mm-hmm. That's still a full game, mm-hmm. you know? I do agree that it does not set up in that way where it, it does feel like a collectible. Mm. Yeah. However, to me, this gameplay stands above a lot of other games because it is gameplay that is not just about pressing a button or doing this. It is really about me as a player thinking about this manual and it with a critical eye and trying to figure out what it's trying to convey to me. And I found that more often than not, super enjoyable, really stretching my mind. And again, I did the last puzzle and I was so excited to get out a piece of paper. I find that so fun. I will agree that the Holy Cross mechanic could have used some additional deepening. You know, it's like ultimately you're just pressing a secret combo of buttons. You know, it's like almost like a cheat code. Yeah. But figuring out what the Holy Cross was and figuring out how it works in the context of the level was super exciting. Once I figured it out, it got a little repetitive to just be going to certain places, just pressing a combination on the D-pad. So that could have been improved for sure. But I have to give it so many points for just like, I've never seen a game do something like this. You know, you're really trying to, the game is figuring out how to play the game. You know, and I found that so many games have so many similar setups, you know. I mean, we're talking about this with um, Horizon and Fortnite and God of War, how we all just understand that green is the early easy tier of weapons. Blue is better. Purple is better. Gold is best. Mm -hmm. We all just understand that intrinsically. It's just been like adopted as universal language. And while that's not a bad thing, it is refreshing to come into a game like this where I have to take everything that I know about a lot of different video games and throw it out the window. And Mm -hmm. I'm just exploring this world and figuring out how this game works. And that for me provides a sense of immersion. It gets me engaged and leaning forward and it gives me an incentive to try to not reach for the guide because I'm like, well, let me see if I, they're trying to say you can figure this out. Let me try to intuit this in a way where I'm using my own brain. And I found that really satisfying. I think we're talking about three different things when it comes to the manual. And I think some of them work for us and some of them don't work for us. I agree with you, Jack, that there is something to gameplay about less about being pushing buttons and more logically figuring Mm -hmm, out. mm -hmm. So from that perspective, having them, if I'm looking at a manual page and I'm trying to decipher what's on there to help me further the goal, I agree with you that that's gameplay. So sure. But I also think we're forgetting about two other things, which is that not only do we have that, but we also have the story part of the um, the manual, which is the literal collection of these things for, and how it weaves into the story, which I think is set up really poorly. Like it doesn't really tell you enough that you need to actually like collect to these things. Mm-hmm. And so that... That I think is actually a story beat here that you're a fox trying to collect these manual pages, but it's set up like a collectible. And then there's the third thing, which is the literal collection of those things from traversing to whatever, getting past this thing or whatever. And so there's three different things going on here with this manual. And I think that 
like I said, I think some of them work and some of them don't. So I, mm-hmm. I understand why you think of it as more of a gameplay thing and maybe you think of it as more of like a narrative I agree. Thing. Well, I agree with what you said about like using the information on the pages to work your brain and figure yeah. out how it's going to apply to the game. Um, and I agree that that is a, a part of gameplay, not just yeah. hack and slash mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, it, it, repetitive at this point, but like I, I just also agree that it should have been more explicit that that was the goal. Yeah. Um, and or just like, I don't know, maybe give us some of the more important pages or something. I, I think it is I, it is very clear from the beginning, to me at least, that it was just, they're out there. And if you want to 100% the game, you can get it. And you might get a cute little picture that you didn't previously get before. <laughs> yeah. um, and it's it's essential. It's essential to the game to yeah. have all of it. Um, I totally agree. And it's, and it's not uh, ever presented as essential explicitly. Well, it's, okay, it's, so it's not, it isn't technically essential to finishing the game. You did finish the game. You got one of two endings. I honestly think it's the better ending anyway. But mm-hmm. the thing that I, I agree with you that there should be some hints earlier on in particular, because by the time you get the last couple pages, it becomes so clear that you're the goal is to collect all these pages. You know, there's um when you get page 46 that hints at the two endings, mm-hmm. it's pretty clear, at least it was clear to me on that page, that it's saying you have to collect all the pages to get that ending yeah, but because I, there's like an icon of the book, you know. But that, that's page 46. And well, but you don't we, collect them in order. But sure, I mean, but I, no, I know. Did you get it, right? I, no, like I think I got it about a little over halfway through the game. So okay. I would definitely prefer that to have been earlier. Mm-hmm. However, there is an element of intuition going on as well with the fact that you're using these pages constantly to play the game. So I feel like even if it's not, while I would have preferred it to be just a little bit more platform does not bonus content. So many of the puzzles early on, especially early on in the game, when you're figuring out how to ring those bells and everything do they're giving you pages that are saying, here's how you beat this game. Well, so it was a little more clear at least for me that, you are collecting mm-hmm. these pages to play the game. Mm-hmm. So I figured to myself anyway, before I even got page 46, I should try to collect as many of these as the, I can. The way that I read it was, because I agree, you did use the, the pages a lot in the beginning. I read it as like immediately like, oh, they're going to make sure that I come across the pages I need. Yeah. And that if I want to go the extra step of having the front cover or whatever, <laughs> yeah. then I can go out of my way to get the extra ones. Sure. I feel like, and I'm, I'm not thinking of an example, but I feel like there's another example of that concept in other games where like, you're going to get the ones you absolutely need. You can't miss those. Right. But there are some that are extra that you could add on to it. That's how I read it. No. And, and you're right. Again, I, you know, until you get page 46, it is not clear that this is the way you quote unquote, find the true ending. And I think mm. that's a mistake. I, However, I'm oh, sorry. Uh, just last thing is all I was just going to say is that the game is hinting pretty constantly that these pages help you play the game. So I don't, I think that at least for me made it not feel like bonus content. It Mm. did make it feel like, okay, maybe I don't need all of these pages to beat the game. Like you were saying, you know, Mm. they're going to put the ones that I absolutely need in my path, but that was enough to delineate it as not bonus content for me because it's like, no, I'm progressing the story by using these. Well, but there's, there's like, I mean, I, off of that, I think there's a lot of resources in games where there's something that um, 
it's it, there's main ones and then there's bonus ones, mm-hmm. right? Like you know, there, and so I think that the problem is is that this game kind of defies a lot of like video game logic mm-hmm. many times, which I think is a bonus. But they don't. Uh, I don't think they do a good enough job letting you know that it's doing that, which I guess can kind of like cancel it out. But but I, I totally agree with you, Jimmy. Like I I just think there should have been more like required pages quote unquote that they kind of like pushed you into because mm-hmm. the the puzzles that you're talking about with the up down whatever yeah i never did any of them okay i was gonna say that as well like i don't to your point say well, there's that, one like, necessary one no yeah. I, I, not I, a single one i, I never did the holy cross one. yeah you there's no i never had to input a code never, never inputted a code never did the holy cross no Never, I didn't get that page in the manual. Well, that's what I was going to say is like, to your point, Jack, of like, well, you did complete the game, so you don't need it. Don't you think that that's a problem that the flagship puzzle of this game, I never experienced or even was presented with? I think think you have to do it once. I never did it. I promise you. I think it's, I think it's um, to kind of tweak your language a little bit to Uh help out. I think it's not, it's not essential to beating the game, but it's essential to getting the intent of the game. Sure. The Holy Cross. Uh, no, um, the manual. The manual pages. Right, but I, I'm just saying that. Okay, I, I can't find this. I, I'm only, I mean, I I, 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 I never did when you when you it. mentioned those. I went and looked back, and I was just like, oh well, that's fun. I never stumbled into any of those. Yeah. And I'm I'm like, if I want to be, I'm a very completionist kind of player. Mm-hmm. I've been less that as of late, as I've just been trying to beat these games quicker. But I um when I was playing um. When I was playing this game, I, may, I in my head I was pretty clear on that I wasn't going to hundred percent this game, but it, I still explore. Like I, I find it really tough for me not to check every corner of every section that I'm in, and even with that, I missed uh, eight or so pages yeah. by the end of it. I think if they had given you, because you've seen for the flagship um, puzzle of this game where you get that one page and Jack, help me out, you might be able to describe it better, but where it has all the boxes with the numbers of the pages yeah. on them. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think if I had been given that page, then I might've made that connection of like, oh, clearly these are page numbers and clearly to solve this whole thing, yeah. I need all of them. But I never even got that page. Right. And I, and I, so I never got set up to do the puzzle when I, when I after finishing this game and like reading a bit about it, and looking into it, mm-hmm. everyone's talking about the same experience, wonderful yeah. experience that you had of like, I had to get out a pen and paper to put mm-hmm. it together. And I'm like, I never even was given the start of that puzzle. I, yeah. I mean, I guess you could say that if you had got on to or caught on to getting all the pages, that that was the start. I would have liked to have maybe like even fuck, fucking give me the very first page. Maybe the only page I have is this random set of boxes with numbers. And then yeah. I know that. If I want to figure that out, I got to get everything. I think the real easy solution to all of this is what we've been saying, which is just make it more apparent. Make it more apparent at the yes. start that young this fox is, go out collect. The, the yeah, even, I mean, I, you know, I don't need it. I don't yeah. need it. I don't need it that heavy handed. But sure. I, I, I hear what you're saying that you that it tells you how to play the game through the manual. But in the same way that, like, if I go to like any settings in any other any video game, yeah, it's going to tell me the like basics of the combat controls and maybe give me some more hints. But there's still extra stuff that's not in there. Yeah. So in my head, when I'm looking at this and I found those pages that is like, okay, here's how to do the combat. I'm like, great. I got the manual all set up and it wasn't until really late in the game that I was like, I feel like I'm missing something here. Mm-hmm. And at that point I was like, I don't, I, I'm not interested in going back and doing mm-hmm. all of these. I listen, I, I totally hear what you're saying. I just think that what I, I appreciate 
a game that for better or for worse, you know, had an artistic uh, intent behind what these pages were supposed to be doing and stuck to it. And, you know, I, I think that I tire a lot. I, I would talk about this a lot. I really hate waypoints in games. I just find that it's so like, it, to me, if you need a waypoint, you haven't designed a game. You've designed an instruction manual. And what I think is amazing about this game is that they designed an instruction manual and made a game. I'm, and I think that's what's so interesting about this this whole, my whole experience with this game is that it just, it felt like a the game was challenging me to try to figure it out. And that was enticing enough as opposed to saying, spelling out what my goal is, you know? And again, I think that you don't technically need every single page. I just think that there is enough of an in incentive based on the way that the pages are presented in the beginning of this is how you figure out how to progress the story by using these pages that it doesn't feel like total bonus content. It's like enough of a thing of a hook. If there was maybe 10 pages, I would agree with that. But because there are so many, again, in circles at this point, but there's so yeah. many that I, I, I just definitely thought there was a set number that I was going to get and the rest was... But you did. That's you what happened. You got what? a set number of pages and got to the end of the game. Yeah, but... but yeah, but, but I didn't do some of the key parts of the game. But the, but the, the true ending, quote-unquote, like, it's still... You know, I don't think of it as like that. I don't like that they call it the good ending. Ending aside, yeah. I think it's the main puzzle that I... Because would you agree? I've said this a couple of times and maybe mm -hmm. you disagree, but would you agree that like the puzzle of this game, if you were going to spoiler, spoiler everything for somebody and you wanted to pitch it, would be like this puzzle I had to get pen and paper out for. And don't well, do I mean, you think I'm it's a problem that you can beat the game without ever even being presented with that puzzle. It's not like I got that puzzle and then yeah. said, oh, I, I'm not going to do that. I didn't even know that puzzle was a thing until after the game. No, it's, I don't think it's a problem because I mm. enjoy a game that gives you what you put into it, you know? And so it's like, you don't have to do that to finish the game. I like that if you're, for me, you know, okay, so like I talked about the language cipher at the end. I'm not going to go through it and yeah. cipher the, decipher the whole thing. It's not interesting to me, but I love that if Can, someone really wanted to do it, they could break this whole manual wide open and that's mm. a great reward. I, I take issue with the, the gives you what you put into it thing because I can't put in what I don't even know, like, it's not even right, if, but if you're if, going around collecting your, all the pages, then you would have found that page, and then you you're getting out what you put into it. But right? it, but yeah, it but wasn't the, even that I like I, I feel like I explored obviously I didn't, but I feel like I explored the map a lot, and I didn't feel like I missed out right. on a on a place. Like I didn't feel like right. I got to somewhere and I was like eh, I don't feel like doing that right, right now. Right. I'm gonna go somewhere else, and I still didn't get all the pages. When I was I don't I don't disagree with you the value and that sort of like yeah. exploration and finding that. I mean that's the crux of this game, right? Like that's what this game is, and I really like that on on paper. But again, it just it felt like there was too much hidden behind a wall. I just I didn't need. I wanted the choice to say I'm going to go find out all these pages and do exactly what I wanted to do in a way that was that it was it was presented to me like that mm. I guess I'm, I'm sort I of twi I'm twisting, I'm one, twisting but... my words a little bit but like basically I wanted them to say you can get all of the pages to get these not like specify but to like you can get all the pages to get the true ending or whatever they want to call it or 
you know, you can you can just like play the game. And I just it was just not clear up front. And and I and I and it was weird because I feel like you were saying that and have sort of backed off from that a little bit that the the pages weren't presented well, as, as I I think that it could have benefited from just ever so slightly like of a push in that direction. But I will I think the difference is that I definitely don't want it to be telling me explicitly that I need to collect all the pages. Yeah. Sure. There's, sure. There's, a, there's a middle ground. And I, and I was joking a little bit earlier with saying yeah. Young Fog. It, they, there's a myriad of ways they could have mm-hmm. illustrated it. I, I think they, I think they could have pushed it. I guess what it is is that that threshold is going to be different for every person. So I appreciate right. that they, mm-hmm. you know, they thought they picked a, a threshold that they thought was good for them and it worked for me is what I, I'm saying. Yeah. Is that the threshold of platforming the importance of these pages by virtue of the fact that you're getting a couple pages in the beginning and it's teaching you how to progress the story was enough to signal to me that I needed to collect these pages and that it was important. I, I think I think I would not have lost any of that wonder and discovery with a little bit more of a push. Yeah. It, no, and it would I don't, have allowed me to actually access that wonder and discovery. I just I just wonder if, you know, it's like if they, you know, there's no like uh, you know, peg in a series of holes where mm-hmm. we can just push it. Oh, well, let's push it right here, right here, right here. I just wonder, you know, if they pushed it a little bit farther, if somebody or even you might have been like, actually, I would have wanted a little farther, actually a little far, you know, and somebody else would have wanted it even farther. And it's like, at what point do you dilute your own purpose? By platforming it too clearly. Maybe it would have just been those pages that you're talking about, like the page 46 yeah. or the page with the checkboxes that were on that like kind of mandatory path. And mm-hmm. then I make the decision from I mean, there. Listen, kind of I to to agree on something, I don't think this game should have two endings. Like, I think mm-hmm. they should just have the one ending, the battle. I mean, I think it's to what you were saying, even end, endings aside, I think it's just more about the parts of the game that I know I missed but because the, I didn't the have the The golden path puzzle, the only reason you have to do that is to get the quote-unquote true ending. There's nothing else beyond that. Well, I get the experience of doing and, the yeah, puzzle. Yeah, and doing the pen and paper puzzle, which is what everyone talks about with this game. Sh- sure, but I mean... Listen, like, you have that... You all had that page, right, with the mountain door? No. With with, yes, with the mountain door, but not with the the page that sets up the puzzle. Right, but so if you, what I enjoyed about this game is that if I had a page of the manual that I didn't know what to do with, my guess was that it's on another page. So that was encouraging. If I wanted to do this puzzle, it's like, well, I got to go find more manual pages. Well, yeah, I, mean, I, I, guess, I, I didn't even be. know that it was a puzzle though. I thought it could have just been a piece of art, you know. And that I I take a little issue with just because I'm like, it's the nothing in that manual is just decoration. Every part of every page of that manual is telling you something about the game. I think this just goes back to the fact that even if it's just a narrative beat, there's not any page of that manual that's purely superfluous. I can think of one that's just a visual aid of which uh, one? The big Colossus. uh, I don't know, remember the name of it, but I think the the second dungeon puzzle. Yeah, there's a, a beautiful portrait of it that is. Totally just a beautiful portrait. Well, right, but I mean... Well, okay, the pages are also unlocked in twos as well. And so there's... There's, there's always, other there's information a, on the other page. There, there's yeah. always, so there's, why not give me the door and the puzzle at the same time? Because that's too linear. That's not a puzzle. No, that's, that's an instruction. That's doing page. what every other page does, giving it in twos. And then that one, they gave it in one. And so I had no idea that there was a puzzle to I, I, I think we're. But, I think we're well, talking... No, you're say, you're, what you're saying is that you want... When you unlock the puzzle, the, the page with the gold grid on it you want the mm. other side of that page to tell you what to do with that grid. no 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 i'm asking well, 
I'm asking to get that page to begin with. I never got that page. You No, you said you had the page with the gold grid on it, right? With all the numbers. No, okay, maybe we got lost here. I, I had a... Okay, without going back, because I don't know where we got lost, I did not have that golden grid page. Oh, That's what I would have wanted. I oh. thought you meant like a picture of the, the painting of the door on the mountain. Yeah, the one where he's sitting in like this, with the fox is sitting, you know, with his chin in his head, you know, or his chin in his hand, going like, hmm. And he's like right next to the door in the mountains page. I, I can't remember, oh, perhaps, okay. but I do know that I did not have that grid. Oh, okay, sure. So to be clear, that's what I... I, I yeah. think that... Well, I think sure, I, but again, it's, you know, you only need... you. It doesn't... The reason that it's like, yes, it is... There are two endings, right? And so if you want to pursue the other ending, sure, you need all the pages, right? It didn't... The reason it doesn't bother me is because you were still you still got to one of the endings of the game it's not saying that you what the issue that you're trying to get at for me and what i'm hearing is that it's like you take issue with the fact that oh i didn't get all the pages because it wasn't platform that i needed all the pages but you still finished the game and you got a good ending you got like an interesting story there's ending. other aspects to it but i feel like we maybe have come to a, a I, I think the, I think, the, I think yeah. the point is, is of it here is that we felt you and I Jimmy felt like all the pages weren't necessary because of the way that they set them up and mm -hmm. so we didn't feel the the as much of a need as you did Jack to yeah. like go pursue the pages and I think that could be an issue of like pushing it forward maybe not you know it's kind of like to each their own I, I suppose I guess yeah I just I think ultimately okay I guess what I'll do is I'll I'll back off of it's like maybe we it could be that the pages are bonus content but I just think it's like again I appreciate a game that invites me to engage with as much or as little as I want rather than feeling overly Especially because I don't think that the quote unquote bad ending is a bad ending, you know? So it's like, if you don't get all the manual pages, I don't think you've lost anything. I think too, it goes back to what I was saying where they really almost set it up. Like that's the ending you get first and then you go back and get the other pages yeah. and do that, which I, I don't think they're bonus content, but I do think that by nature of them being pages and placed upon the map, my brain goes collectible because that's every other video game I've yeah. ever played. Mm -hmm. and, and maybe that's on me for not like making that distinction or whatever, but Okay, like you know what? Here's here's what it is. This is this is my thing. The pages are both bonus content and main content. <laughs> wow. There is no can you even do that? <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing is that seeing it as one or the other is the issue because there are pages that you need to progress the story of the game, like we've been saying, and there mm. are pages that technically you don't need if you don't want to get the other ending. If you are just there are pages that you need to progress? I know that like literally you go collect them on the way, but is there anything in there that you couldn't just figure out without the pages? I mean, I guess you could figure it out by virtue of a million typewriters and yeah. a million monkeys. <laughs> like eventually you could probably tr just try a million things and figure it out. But the point is that the manual pages are obviously... The manual pages are the waypoint on the compass yeah. in most games, you know, and that I found much more engaging than a waypoint on a compass. And I, and I yeah. think the reason I'm not connected with this is this this revelation that I have, which is I really like a waypoint yeah. and I don't like the wear. So so that all this all makes sense. I'm gonna to go. Me. I, I'm just gonna finish my take on repeating the thing that I said in the moment off the cuff, and even my own ego was like, "Ooh, love that," <laughs> which is the fact that it's like. 
waypoints are an instruction manual. The instruction manual in this game is a waypoint, and I find that much more engaging than just a waypoint telling me where to go. Awesome. Let's take a quick break here, and we'll come back with our final thoughts and ratings. Welcome back. Uh, let's do a little wrap up here. Um, amazing. Yeah. So uh, ultimately, as we have heard, uh, there's a lot of aspects of this game that that I felt didn't work for me as a player. Um, I, I don't want anyone to think that I'm trying to say it's a, a disaster of a game and it fully fell off a cliff. I think I started by saying I was a little on the fence between my scores. And I think despite all of the <laughs> debate that we've had, I feel resolved in that I am now confident with that three out of five. You're score. not going to bump it down out of spite. I wouldn't bump it down. No, <laughs> definitely not. Definitely not. I don't think I, cause I don't think that this game didn't try to do something. Yeah. I just don't think that they accomplished what they were trying to do. Um, and there's a lot of objectively like very cool and good things about this. Again, say what we will about the manual, which we said a lot <laughs> It is beautiful. And yeah. for those who were able to engage in those puzzles, that was really a, a fun way of presenting the puzzles. Um, and I think that again, the score, the, the style, all of that really well done top to bottom. Um, maybe I would also walk back the idea that I regret playing this game. Um, I don't know if I feel as strong about it now at the end of this conversation. Um, but I definitely would not play this game again. I think, sure. um, I've, I've had it and gotten what I was going to get out of it and, um, and I'm good to move on. Um, I would also say lastly that I think I do understand why this game is so critically acclaimed, um, which is satisfying. Like I, I get, I'm not like walking away um, kind of like with the first God of War, at least on my one playthrough. <laughs> and was like, what the heck is everyone talking about? Right, like yeah. by the nature of our very passionate conversation, I think that clearly shows that this game has um, offered something <laughs> of yeah. note. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, so yeah, a three out of five. Uh, definitely, definitely an interesting one. Yeah, and I think that segues really perfectly into what I want to say, which is that I also gave this game a three. I stand by it. I may, in another uh, day, I could even bump it up to a three and a half, probably. Mm -hmm. I think I'm more leaning on the positive side of that. But I think ultimately for me, uh, the biggest critical flaw of a game and why I sort of am a little against the la the language we have right now, just in retrospect, saying that truly average is three is because that's the biggest thing a game could do that could suck is just this just yeah. kind of boring, truly average. There's nothing worse than a truly average game. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so what, what I really like about Tunic uh, after this conversation is like the I can talk about there's a lot of things I could talk about that they did really, really well. And I thought were really unique and really interesting and great swings and things I could talk about that I thought really didn't work and could have been like tweaked for something so i'm like right in the middle there because yeah. of that this is a i think i maybe i said this in uh, a chat or something but like it's like tunic is like oops all x factor for me where it kind of <laughs> it kind of just has that that magic that i crave in a video game that just makes it feel unique but just like executed slightly off in my opinion. Sure. But I also think for me too, one of the other benefits of this was like my sort of revelation of my puzzle. Like I just, I like to know, I like to figure out what to do versus where to go. And I feel like a lot of this game was like where to go a lot of the times. Um, and so, so that's, that's, that's good. Thanks Tunic for, for helping, <laughs> me, helping me figure out, articulate why I don't like Zelda as much. Uh, but yeah, three out of five, um, definitely don't regret playing it, but also like Jimmy, I, I don't think I'll play this again. 
Cool. Um, I'm having a great season. <laughs> so much fun. Are, yeah. <laughs> Everything we play is so fun. <laughs> um, it, it's very, it, it's so funny. Like the more I, cause the, when I was playing this game, I feel like I had more critiques and now the more we talk about it, the more I'm like, oh, this game is really great. You know, mm-hmm. I just really in, in, I think it's just, I'm such a, just such a sucker for something that's like, I've never seen this before, you know, mm-hmm. like we've played so many video games. And even when we go into like triple A territory, you know, there is something that it's like, well, this is very familiar. You know, mm-hmm. like we, a lot of triple A games, even you can put a new cone of paint on them, but they're all very similar. You know, mm-hmm. most triple A games have what you, like you were saying this, Jimmy, like most of these games have a skill tree, green weapons, blue weapons, purple weapons, you know. There's like experience points. There's like collectibles. It's like I'm ex- I expect what I get and I get what I expect, you mm-hmm. know, and I think that this game just earns so many points for me by virtue of the fact that within five minutes of playing this game, I was like, I have to dump all this video game knowledge out of my head mm-hmm. to yeah. play this game. Totally. And that's just so rare. And to your point too, Robert, oops, all X factor, like the X factor was a, it was an oops, all X factor, but it worked for me. Yeah. And really, honestly, I think my biggest gripe about this game is just, I just enough with these two endings. And I think, you know, what's funny is that as I'm saying this, I'm like, that's the thing that feels like familiar. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that that's the one element of this game that I've seen a million times. is like two endings for some reason. Yeah. And that felt like, oh, now we're just back in normal video game territory. And again, I'm not saying that these games that are all somewhat similar to each other are all bad. Obviously, I have a lot of AAA games that I really enjoy. I just found it very refreshing and very exciting to play this game. And I was thinking about this game outside of playing it, which was something that I haven't really felt in a really long time as well. I was really like sitting at my computer doing something else and just being like, oh, you know what? I should go back to their, their that place tonight in Tunic and see if it works, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I think that was really satisfying for me. And on the point of puzzle design and everything, I just really, I really tire of having waypoints and like goals and object and quest logs, you know? Like mm-hmm. I really hate quest logs. And really the only time you need it is in something like Breath of the Wild where there's like 200, you know? But if there's only like 15 side quests in a whole game, you know, you don't, I don't need a quest log, you know? Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, for all those reasons and the fact that it just had a really fun time playing it, Tunic four out of five lads. Incredible. I something I just as a, 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 a another close off, something I just was thinking about that oh, we talked get about. Two? No, 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 not about me specifically. <laughs> oh, interesting. <laughs> uh, uh, is you know, I never would have played this game if not for lads who game. Mm-hmm. And I think that I think that we have curated a different types of games that we play that I really, really enjoy. And so when you talk about dumping like video game knowledge, which I Mm -hmm. totally feel like I had to do, maybe that's because I haven't played lots of games like this before. And I'm, and it's so nice that, uh, that I'm getting to like experience these kind of things. I'm glad that in this season, it just feels like we have a lot of games that are really different from one another. Yeah. You know, there's no, repeats yeah. in terms of genre I we, think. it'd be interesting to go back through the lad list and mark the ones that we would have played on our own initiative and obviously see which ones were completely yeah. like would have been missed without this operation yeah. honestly i i really i think that i've been much more open-minded recently by virtue of so, sort of stumbling into this weird corner of youtube 
of like video essays about game design, mm-hmm. not just like video essays about like, cause it's like a million video essays about like why God of War is the best thing ever or why horizon is the best thing ever. But like video essays about like what makes good game design and like, here are some weird games that actually do it better than you've ever seen it. And I mean, like, I, I think I've really, that's how I found Celeste, you know, was like, I was like, everybody's talking about how cool this game is. And, but it's not something that's also, it's not, everyone's talking about how cool this game is, but it's not God of War where it's like, yeah, I can't walk two steps without someone telling me how great God of War yeah. is, you yeah. know? So I, I don't know. I think that that's really opened up a lot of avenues for us, Yep. you know? Absolutely. Um, yeah, do I you would, want another another close? I would like I'm, to I'm, your sign off. Yeah, oh, I would like to close with a question, mm. which is why was it called tunic? He wears a tunic, and That's it? no tuning fork. I've I've I thought thinking oh. about that music. Music plays such a huge part of this game. I was thinking about it. Oh, interesting. I didn't think about that. The, cool. the little like tuning fork aliens, the sound of the bell. I, I I totally made that. I made that live on stream. If you go <laughs> Twitch, I made that. Amazing. Well, it, question asked and answered given. Right. Perfect. I think also the word tunic captures a, sort of the adventurer spirit. You know, no, totally. I, I, at no point was I like, this is a stupid title. I was, I was just, just curious like, about interpretation. Okay. I was waiting for the, I get, I need it spelled out to me, guys. I wanted at the very end, <laughs> Mr. Tunic, you did it. <laughs> yeah, that's not <laughs> Tunic is an, <laughs> tunic is an, uh, uh, and, and what's it called? Uh, anagram or not? Anagram, yeah. Well, I was going to say like, um, you, if you're someone who didn't collect all the manual pages, you want it to be Nick Fury walks out at the end and says, I'm putting together the Tunic initiative. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's what you want. <laughs> exactly. Thanks for listening to the Lads Who Game podcast. Be sure to subscribe and give us a rating wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you're looking for more Lads content, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Lads Who Game. And head to our website, ladswhogame.com, for write-ups, ratings, and guest essays. You can also check us out on our Twitch channel to watch us stream our current game, Fortnite, RuneScape, and more. Like I'm right behind you. I don't know what you sure guys are does. getting out of this. I don't, I don't like any of that. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't like any of that. Oh, I don't like that one bit.